You'll call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody. Let them know that Rodian Radio is live up in this biatch. biatch. You got it locked on Rodian Radio. Yeah, Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Eze is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh, boy, he's down with us. Toddy B and Spade, they're down with us. My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us. I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from. Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum. My name is Dre, listen while I play. And by the way, I'm also down with NWA. Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us. Slanging funky tapes, it is a must. We're number one. I know you're staring at my hat. <laughs> it's Football Sunday. You got to support my team. My team is up. Okay. I know it's only halftime, but uh, welcome to Rodian Radio episode 93. And before we, uh, I introduce my special guest, well, at least one of my special guests. Um, I got a couple of announcements I got to make. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for uh, subscribing to Freaky Tales Podcast. I want to thank everybody for liking, sharing, commenting. I don't care if it's positive or negative. It's all good. Once again, thank you very, very, very much. Um, other than that, I want to thank everybody who has been purchasing and supporting us, buying these hard copies. Um, I still have a handful of the High C uh, albums. I still have uh, the mixtapes, the 88 Boom and Bass, the you know, 86 in the Mix, the 24-7, the Dope Beats, the In Effect. Four of them I did, four of them Dr. Dre did. So once again, for those that still want to get a hold of those hard copies. Now, as far as the, the Blu-ray concerned, here's a quick update. There will probably be about another week or so, okay? Um, we just have a problem with our company that's having a little issue pressing them up. Why that is, I don't know, but that's what it, that's where we're at right now. Other than that, people have been hitting us up about uh, the Freaky Tales podcast on Spotify. We've had an issue with that as well. Give us a few and it'll be up soon. So you know what? If I have any more announcements, I'll say it during the break or you, you'll be able to see it when I, we come back from our break. But without further ado, please allow me to introduce my first guest of the night, Sarah S. Yes. Or Sarah Shine. Yes. It's You're good. shining. <laughs> How you Thank doing? you for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm very, very, you know what? I'm blessed. That's why I like to say it. I'm definitely, blessed. definitely. Every day is a blessing. You know, I always tell people that ask me, uh, how are you doing today? I say, as long as I'm not dead in jail or in the hospital. Exactly. It's hey, a blessing. We're good. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, in these times. So now, um, I'm not sure exactly how far you came from, but how was your drive coming over here on a Sunday? It wasn't evening? bad. It wasn't bad at all. It was um, like no traffic. So, yeah. <laughs> it was easy. Right? Yeah. Now, I know there's football. Football started today. Are you at all? A sports fan. I am. I like the 49ers. The 49ers. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. cool. I was, oh, as long as it's not the other team. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, <laughs> Sorry. No, all good. I, I know people are probably going to hate me. I, I guarantee you right now on the live chat, they're saying the cowgirls, the cowgirls. <laughs> it's all good. I, I got yeah. thick, thick skin. What about uh, basketball? You're a basketball fan. Yep. I like the Lakers. The Lakers. Yep. Think yeah. we're going to take it this year? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure, huh? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're looking good right now. <laughs> you, you know who, the team that I don't want to face not that I think that they're better than us, but I think that they do give us a hard time are the Clippers. Yeah. 
you know, they match up well against us. Right. So I'm hoping the Denver Nuggets beat them. Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) Um, Baseball. Um, Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah, so I like the LA teams for baseball and basketball. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you attend any any games at all? When um, you can? I never have. I've I've well, I've been to a Dodgers game like when I first moved to LA um, years ago, but that's been a little while. But I've always wanted to go to a Lakers game, so that's definitely on the checklist when we can go back <laughs> to yeah, being to at normal. live shows, right? Yeah, to normal. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of things that uh, I, I'm on, I'm not one of these homebodies. I like to be out and about. Right. Is there anything that you miss doing today that you're not able to now because of this whole COVID thing? Um, I'd say just getting out with friends, you know, like mm-hmm. just just being in like social functions, lounges, you know, um, going to a concert, stuff like that. I'm I'm more of like kind of a like a homebody anyways when okay. I'm not performing or working. So okay. it hasn't made a huge impact, but um, I've been able to like work from home and and do and figure out creative ways to like sing and do live shows from home. So I've been um, getting more like on that tip, you know, just trying to be creative in a sense where you can just come up with new things, you know, yes. with the new world, with what we're going yeah. through. So yeah, you know, and one thing that I tell people because there's a lot of people <clears throat> out there that have this like idea of like well i'm just i'm not going to do nothing until this whole covid thing passes right but honestly right now you should be learning a new hustle right you know definitely we have some time to prepare (laughs) yes you know uh, i always tell people it's not how you come out of so to speak the trial right but it's how you go through it right you know and you could shine like sarah (laughs) or you could just be down in the dumps and drink your life away and right hopefully things that um uh There's definitely two choices. Right, two choices. Now, so you say you're a homebody. Yeah. Anything on TV that you recommend? Maybe you've been watching. Are you a Netflix girl? Are you? Do you yeah. watch documentaries? I'm definitely a Netflix girl. Um, I like. I got to look on my phone. It's, Go ahead. It's. Um, I've been watching. Hold on a second. I'll tell you right now. Don't tell me, Cobra Kai. <laughs> I can't believe I don't remember the name of it. It's um. Oh, it's called New Girl with Zoe. Zoe Deschanel is her name. She's really good. So I've been watching like I'm like on season three of that, but it's comedy. It's kind of like oh okay. It's kind of like The Office a little bit, just like okay, but romance comedy. It's fun. All right. Yeah. Do you recommend it to anybody out there? Um, just girls that you know like 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 romance comedy stuff. Okay. Yeah. You, you know which one people have recommended to me, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch it because I just when I find out there's already so many seasons, I'm like I'm not gonna start from the beginning. Right. Uh, I think it's called Zark. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. Is it, is it pretty good? It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I didn't All get right. too deep into it, but I just watched the first couple. Okay. Now, yeah. before we start getting into uh, uh, the meat of your interview, you like boxing? Uh, yeah. MMA, any of that stuff? Yeah, I watch, I watch boxing. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot, but I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I think that's cool because uh, uh, I meet a lot of females. Well, when I interview them, a lot of them are just not into anything. I just like, I right. just like novelas. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 I used to watch soap operas back in the day, but now I'm more like, I'll just, I have a recording studio at home. So I'm either like writing and singing or I'm watching something on Netflix, but yeah. That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. Okay. So where is Sarah originally from? Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Los Osos. I moved there when I was three. It's a small little town. Um, and I moved to Oceano. I'm not sure if you know where that is, but no. it's like right next to Napomo. Okay. So it's about 15 minutes. Um, north of Santa Maria area. 
And I moved there when I was 15 um, with my mom and my stepdad and just went to high school at Oro Grande High School. And then that's where I met Dominator and started um, featuring as a singer for them and CLS and then met Tomas Solis, um, okay. who I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah. Um, and he had a label at the time. He was kind of like the only label in our hometown. And okay. so he was like, well, you know, who's this girl that's keeps singing on your hooks and stuff like that. And um, so they basically just gave me a shot when I was 19 and they're like, we want to do a whole album on you. Um, and art really pushed that for me. And so did Tomas, because a lot of them were like, no, we just want her to, you know, sing in the background. But um, yeah. Art had his own studio in his house at the time, so he was like just grinding and, and putting out every artist in the in the 805. He goes by Dominator, but um, so he was really like the first producer that I worked with, and and you know helped me put my album together. Okay. And then we just went on the road and started doing our thing. <laughs> That'll work. That'll yeah. work. Uh, now let's go back a little bit because you mentioned that uh, you moved with your mom and your stepdad. Now. Uh, as a, I like to say, as a youngster, as a little girl, right. uh, teenage girl, what, what type of music were you raised with? For an example, what would your stepdad play? Right. What would your mother play? Uh, my mom would play like Crystal Gale, and like okay. <laughs> she would play Sade. Um, my stepdad was more into like rock music, but um, I went to a gospel church at, at a young age. So okay. I would have my mom drop me off at this like almost all black church down mm -hmm. the street yeah. in Oceano. And I just started to have like this love for gospel music. So I was listening to more like Aretha Franklin and, and the Patti LaBelle's and my mom was kind of like, where is this coming from? Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like in my heart and my soul to like, you know, just take it in and and understand like the old school era yeah. and you know like the tina marie's and stuff like that so yeah. that's what i grew up that, that's awesome i'm glad you mentioned that about <clears throat> church because a lot of those artists that you mentioned started off in the church yeah a, a lot of them yeah. I, I mentioned this in a previous uh um interview i believe it was sam cook if i if i got it wrong forgive me somebody correct me yeah um i know he started off in the church yeah and he was told in this documentary that people can watch on Netflix right. that uh, his pastor told him that uh, if he goes out into the world and, and singing and sing or whatever, right. or you could sing for God or you could sing for the world. It's up to you. And he and he said, I want to sing for the world. That's what he said. Right. And I guess he ended up making a lot of hits. We all know his music. But he ended up coming out here, became an artist, and ended up getting killed at a hotel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Very, very sad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it's... what intrigued me to watch the documentary because I really wanted to know all the details. Of yeah. It. I had just heard he had gotten killed, but he was raised in the church. A lot of it, uh, like Elvis, too, sang a lot of yeah. gospel music. Yeah. Now, uh, let me share with you a quick story about me. Yeah. I was maybe 21 or 22 when a friend of mine invited me to an all-black church as well. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it was called Greater Bethany and LA off of Manchester and Hoover. Okay. okay? Like right in the hood. Right. And uh, I go. And boy, let me tell you something. They can worship there. Yeah. They can really, really yeah, that's, worship. That's where I learned like the runs and the, you know, because they just, they just let it all loose. And, and I think that was the best place for me to learn like yes. how to really open up and sing. And, yeah. and you know what? Yeah. They had this B3 Hammond organ. <laughs> and I, I could have swore, you know, that Al Green was in there singing, you know, right. that because that's how good it sounded. Yeah. You know, so 
when you said that and you mentioned a lot of these artists, I'm thinking that's where a lot of these artists, believe it or not, I believe, at least in my opinion, got that sound came from the church and they brought it into the world like Sam Cooke did. Yeah, definitely. You know, so. Yeah. And you can hear that rawness and that grittiness in their voice, you know. Yeah. A lot of that is just being on stage at a young age in church and yes. getting comfortable in front of an audience, you know. Yes. So that was a good start for me because they would, the pastor would throw me on stage and I would actually sing in the choir like really? at a really young age. Yeah. So that was my start. Just, you know. Okay. So, so that was your actually <clears throat> beginning of singing? Yeah. And about how old were you at this time? Um, 12. 13. Wow. Yeah. You weren't scared? You weren't, you know? I was a little bit, yeah. My dad is actually a gospel singer. When okay. my parents divorced, I would visit him like in the summers. He lived in Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. um, he was the only one that sang in the family. So in, in the summers when I was a kid, he would throw me on stage and I would sing like at like four and five years old, like do little duets with him. <laughs> so, yeah. so I kind of was comfortable, you know, just being on stage with him. And then when I moved with my mom, I, I wanted to keep going to church. And, and that was just a place where I found an outlet to, you know, <clears throat> wow. be able to use my voice. You know, I have seen another documentary on Ray Charles. Yeah. Okay. And uh, a lot of people call, believe it or not, like I had a hard time understanding, but I had to be considerate of the time that when he, when he was playing his music, right. people were saying that, he was taking, if you will, gospel hymns or gospel music and just giving it worldly lyrics, mm. according to these critics. Yeah. And that's why they were such against it, even to the point where they were calling it the devil's music. Right. I mean, I love his music. I, I didn't say anything demonic about it. Yeah. But I just thought like, wow. But I guess at that time, it was so different. Right. They were know. super judgmental. Yes. And now things have really opened up since then. Like, you know, even if you do R&B and they might call it worldly or... The devil's music or whatever which is really crazy to the left you know you you just stay who you are and no matter what genre you do so yeah. i'm not going to be out there you know like a megan the stallion like i respect her choice and what she does but i i know who i am and i'm gonna yes. probably you know i'm gonna probably keep my clothes on and you know <laughs> and sing it and it is what it is we all just have to know our lane and you yes. know and rock it exactly. and, and be who we are so you know yeah. my dad shared with me a story uh years ago um, he, he wasn't really a, a Elvis fan, but he right. told me a story one time on uh, how things have changed. He said at one time he saw Elvis performed live on TV. He was a youngster. And the way he would move his legs, right. okay, uh, uh, going back and forth, his hips, that television got so upset yeah. that they would only show him from the waist up oh. because they were trying to say that it was too perverted. Oh, you know. Wow. But it's it's funny how far we've come. We've come a long ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've come to so, we've come to WAP, yeah. uh, Cardi B times. <laughs> it's totally different. And like I said, like I respect anybody in any type of lane. Like you know, it's um, we all have different backgrounds. We all have journeys of yeah. what we come through, and it's just yeah, it molds you and, and makes you better. Or yeah. you know. So so now <clears throat> you you were going to this church and how did the church find out at the time that you sang did they just ask you that you volunteer or I volunteered they had like okay. tryouts and I I volunteered and they're like this little white girl you know she mm -hmm. can, I'm half white but um they're like you know she could sing like that's that's crazy because I kind of had a stronger voice back then too because my father was kind of you know mm -hmm. showing me that that okay. world when I was young. So I had the confidence mm -hmm. and, and I just didn't really know how to like let it out though, like okay. in a powerful way. So just, you know, studying the singers around me and just, you know, okay. catching a vibe. And I for, got it. 
from that point on, wh where where did Sarah go? Did did you were you interested more into singing? Uh, uh, did you wanted to start? Did you start writing your stuff immediately, or were you covering other people's songs at the time? Or I was um, I was I started writing poetry, so I had like like three really big poetry books, and I was okay. like just doing that at night when I was a kid. Like I didn't know where it was coming from, but. I would hear songs like by Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul. Those were like my yeah. favorite singers at the time. So um, I'd start writing like love songs and stuff like that, but never had a beat to put them to because I was so young. I was like right. 13. I didn't really know about a studio and things like okay. that. But my mom would always find me in my room, like, you know, writing poetry or <clears throat> listening to a girl singer. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess to answer your question, I just like, when I was 14 and, and moved to um, Oceano, that's when I met Dominator and okay. um, and started. Actually, I'm sorry. I there was a guy named Blink. He was like a promoter in, in town, uh -huh. and he um, asked my mom because he heard that I he heard from me um, singing at the church, and he was looking for a singer in his studio. Um, this is before I met Dominator. So he asked my mom to meet him, to drive me to a McDonald's parking lot so I could sing for him in the parking lot. Really? <laughs> and I was 14, yeah. And he was a big promoter at the time on the West Coast. Okay. And so he wanted to book me on some shows. And I remember my mom going like, okay, you know, because I was her, like her little baby. And she's like, I don't know about this music industry. My mom wasn't really um, into it at the time, but... Um, She's always been supportive. She just was more of like, you know, of course, a protective mom. Of course. Like, okay, what's 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 my daughter about to get into? Right. So I just remember like singing like some loud Mary J. Blige song at like 14 in the parking lot. And then this promoter going, oh my gosh, you know, you've got a talent and, you know, I want to start booking on some shows and stuff like that. So um, I believe that's how Dominator heard about me through a friend that knows him. But... Anyways, it all ended up connecting, and that's how right. I, I ended up, you know, being the girl that features on a lot of <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff. Um, g growing up, um, did you play any instruments at all? I played the flute, and I played piano. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you still play? At yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you know, I don't have the patience to play piano. I, I try yeah. to go to school to try to learn, and I, I didn't have a good teacher. Yeah. You know, I'm a slow learner, but once... I know it, I would master it, but this guy was just not a good teacher. Yeah. And I didn't have the patience. No, the teachers really help. I played the flute a lot better than the piano. And then, okay. you know, as I've just like gotten older, I'm doing a lot of like playing by ear and watching YouTube videos. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'll just sit there sometimes on the weekends and just play and come up with new song ideas. So I'm not great at it, but I can get by. <laughs> That's good. That's good yeah. enough. Uh, um, you said something that stood out to me. Uh, that you would write poetry. Okay? Yeah. Um, the reason why I find that very interesting because um, uh, I've been podcasting now, September 11th was just Friday, and we've done one year, right. and this is show 93, and I've interviewed a lot of people here. Yeah. A lot of rappers, when I ask them, how did you first start rapping? The, uh, many of them say, I started with writing poetry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and I know it's common. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty common. Yeah. Like, since I'm not a rapper or a singer, I find that somewhat fascinating. Right. You know. Yeah. So um, do you still write poetry at all? I don't. I think okay. I've just turned that into songs. You know, now when I do write something, it's always, mm -hmm. you know, for a project I'm releasing or a single or something like that. Okay. So, yeah, I think after I put out that first album, it's like I just got straight into songwriting and I was writing for other artists as well as mm -hmm. the years went on, you know, just doing features and okay. yeah. 
Okay. So. And, and about what age would you say you got into the studio and started recording? Um, I was 15. Okay, yeah. 15. Do you remember what you sang or what you were see who you were singing for? Yeah, it was with Dominator and it was a um sample by so I know you, he would know. You've been on him this long? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's like my brother. But he he always flipped samples because he had so many records like you. He just had a you know, he still does. He yeah. has a, in his his home studio, he's got just a wall full of records because he was a DJ first. So yeah. he would just be like, Okay, I know what song we're gonna make on you. He'd pull out a record of, you know, could be Stephanie Mills, whatever. He'd flip it, make it his own and be like let me see what you got, you know. And what was cool is he would let me write and just like be myself, you know, at that young of an age, like, you know, try to come up with something. But he did write me a song called Your Number One on my first album, Just For You. And that song that he wrote was the one that took off and people really, you know, started to hear my name more. Um, we got radio interviews off of and and performed at a lot of car shows, opened up for a lot of big people, um, just from that song that he wrote for me. So wow. I would do that song and like a couple others. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, one thing about him is very, very creative. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and I was sharing with you before the show, I think we were just up there like two months ago because uh, me and my team were putting together a Chicano rap documentary. Right. And we started on doing some theme music. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing that nobody's going to rap off a rap off or sing off, just like theme music. Right. So uh, uh, I chose him because uh, I, I want to say maybe about two years ago or a year ago, somewhere around there, I somebody sent me one of his videos and said, this guy's really, really good. Yeah. I, I had never heard of him. Like, uh, oh, wow. So like I said, maybe about two years ago. So I just messaged him. Yeah. And I just said, one day I would love to work with you. Yeah. You know, and here we are. Yeah. So, <laughs> and awesome. he, he's connected with everybody. So yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a of when support. I first interviewed him, he talked uh, very highly of you. And he's the one that kept telling me, you need to get around. You need oh, to get around that's here. cool. Yeah. So we that's made that family. happen. I'm glad you're here. Thank so, you. So now you're and you're welcome. So now mm -hmm. you record that first song, and um, um, obviously you said that you did a lot of shows. But what was the response? Did you get any negative response back? Um, I mean, I think uh, some people didn't know if I was Spanish or not. You know, okay. I, we were doing mostly car shows, and it was all Chicano. You know, okay. so sometimes i'd get those looks and you know okay mm -hmm. that's a white girl or whatever mm -hmm. but um i think just in coming into it I, I felt like sometimes a little bit out of place but um just because i was raised from like a really conservative home with, with my mom and stepping in straight into the hip-hop world <laughs> it was like my mom's kind of like what was going on here but she loved me didn't judge me for it but i think just um coming from a church background and like just really going okay i'm gonna i'm gonna become this artist you know it all really happened within like a year and really? i was i was singing a lot of just like like over old school samples and touring with just like 10 chicano rappers that were like on the rise and doing their thing you know and we're open up for night owl and and uh lighter shade of brown and you know just all these names that were you know really popping at the time and right. still are so it was like, whoa, okay, I'm in this, you know? Right. So it was a great learning experience, and, and I just kind of just started cultivating it from there, you know, at age awesome. 15 and 16, yeah. That's awesome. You know, yeah. it's, it's, funny how, how, it's funny how you said you went and started performing 
you know, in front of all these Chicanos, you know, yeah. folks, uh, uh, doing shows with all these other uh, yeah. rappers as well. For me, it was somewhat the quite opposite because right. when I first started, uh, the rapper that I was working with was black. Yeah. Uh, the team that I toured with was all black. Uh, in 1991, when we took off, we did Texas and Detroit and Philadelphia. It was all black. Yeah. Even though I'm Mexican, but I'll, I'll say it for the sake of the conversation, I was the only white guy in the room. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah I, they look at your, the shade of your skin. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. you, you know what? Nobody ever, like, uh, like I'm sure they did it to you. I, I hope not. No. Nobody ever disrespected me. No, Nobody me ever said anything. If, yeah. if anything, they kind of almost look like, wow, this person can get down. Right, right. Like I'm sure they right. thought that way about you. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My father is Portuguese and Brazilian, and my mom is uh, white. So. Okay. Yeah, you know, I get the dark hair and the and the eyes from my dad. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So so after that song, what happened for you next? Did you continue to work with Dominator or did you venture out on your own? Uh, what, what happened from there? Um, I stayed in the Santa Maria area until okay. I was about 21. Okay. And then I moved to L.A. So um, I was basically in the the 805 doing music with them for probably a good seven years maybe six or seven years yeah okay and um came went to la tried it out um had some tough times came back to the 805 and did another album and then moved back to la and i've been in la for 10 years now so okay um just a little back and forth but i'd, I'd say like i knocked out before i moved to la the first time i knocked out about four albums with tomas elise and okay. arts team and so I went to L.A., um, left the contract that I was in in Santa Maria because they were kind of in breach and had a lot of artists that um, weren't really, you know, going anywhere at the time. We were we had a more distribution overseas with another label, not Tomas's label, but they were called High Rollers Entertainment, Jerome Stevens. Um, and him and his partner kind of like folded. So. I was like, okay, what's my next move going to be? And I'd always dreamed of going to the city and, you know, yeah. LA is the closest, biggest city to where I was from. So I just kind of got this, like, I'm going to do this, you know? And um, my story is a story of like, you know, a lot of struggle. I, I went out to LA and was told I was going to have a record deal with a very big label, middleman type situation yeah. where it didn't really work out. And I was kind of like in a position where I could either just go right back home or stay there and, and grind it out. And I actually slept in my car um, and toured as a backup singer for people. And I would take showers at the gym. I got a gym membership. I stayed in shelters in downtown LA and, and on Skid Row. Um, I did that for a, a span of two years. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was it was a challenging time. Okay. But yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? Um, I know things are getting better. Yeah. You know, and uh, like like I said earlier, it's not how you come out of it, but it's how you go through it. And sometimes right. we all go through uh, these struggles. Yeah. For an example, um, and it's kind of leading up to my next question. I love music like I'm sure we all do. Right. But sometimes the music business side of it, it really is it's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. So... When I made a decision in 2007, I had I just did a, a pretty much a year tour. Right. Okay. 2006 going into 2007. And I was getting paid. So it wasn't like I wasn't getting paid. Right. Uh, we did a New Year's show in Long Beach. And uh, so I told the guys, I'm out of here. In my mind, I knew I was done with music. This mm -hmm. is 2000, the first day of 2007. Mm -hmm. uh, that night, I said, I'm out of here. And then they were like, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. 
That's the truth. Wow. I took a 10-year break. Wow. I, I didn't come back like 2017. Wow. And I said to myself, I'm not going to come back to do music. I, if I'm going to do something, I got to revamp. You got to always change it up. Right. So I came back as to direct a, a documentary, and I did it. Okay. Um, now, this documentary, we have never received one negative response. Wow. That's Not incredible. One. That's incredible. Now, the reason why I asked you earlier about <clears throat> uh, when your Spurs single came out, that you would all receive any negative response because when I produced this record, right. um, and we were signed to one of the biggest record labels in the world, which was Disney, I only got one bad uh, remark. Oh, wow. And the guy told me like this, that album was fucking whack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I just told him like this, um, why don't you tell me how you really feel? Yeah. <laughs> but really what happened was I think this person was just upset because mm -hmm. I was making money driving a brand new Mercedes Mercedes Benz living by the beach right. and I was touring. You're doing good for yourself. I was yeah. doing good. Yes. So I can kind of understand that back then we didn't call it hating, we called it jealousy. Yeah. You're just jealous. Yeah. You know, and it is the same thing you today. Have those. Oh yeah, you still have it's them the today. Thing, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it makes you stronger. Now, uh, before we go to break, uh let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. You growing up in music, loving music, recording music. Yeah. How do you feel about the music side, of, of the business side of the music? Um, I think just as an independent artist and getting close to a couple major deals a couple times, you know, and having to make those decisions and seeing that side of it. Uh-huh where it's really just about money and packaging and, and um, sometimes the talent doesn't even really fit into the equation. Yeah. You know, I had to kind of take a step back from it and go, okay, how can I pave my own lane, take what I've built already from my hometown and, and come out here and just, you know, stay focused and yeah. continue to create music and get out and perform. And that's, that's just what I've done. I've learned how to just, you know, be my own engine and, and be a, be a independent artist that's respected in a way that yes. isn't like you know trying to do whatever it takes to get to the top so yeah. it's um i can say you know just from seeing both sides of it it's I've, i'm glad i've stayed independent yeah um and that i've been able to work with a lot of great people and you know just yeah. have have those relationships that's uh, awesome yeah that's so. awesome you touched on a couple of things that we're going to touch on when we come back okay because i know you released 10 albums yeah Okay, now, so yeah. we're going to talk about those when okay. we come back. Okay? Awesome. So, cool. Uh, don't babysit that beer now. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody. Once again, call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, and let them know that Sarah Shine is in the motherfucking building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't go nowhere. Don't fuck around. Come back. <laughs> Welcome to Rodium Radio, and I am your host, Tony A. The Wizard. We started a GoFundMe page because we need you to help us meet our goal. And our goal is to release a chicano rap documentary and we need you to be a part of this everyone who contributes will have certain incentives offered to them for an example i'll name one your name will be on the credits of the film everyone who gives everyone who contributes uh their name will be on the credits that's just one thing that we have to offer it but yet if you read the description you see other incentives for your contribution if you've seen the rhodium mixtape documentary you will not be disappointed with this documentary shining light on Chicano rap, the Chicano culture. It is something that can be used as an educational tool uh, now and in the future. So once again, help us meet our goals so that we can start production. And remember this, we have a voice and we will be heard.
Welcome back, everybody, to episode 93 with the podcast that slaps across your fat ass with a fat ass dick. And I am Tony A., your host, and we're back now to Jack Off Arm. We're going to go ahead and jump butt naked right back into it. So, without further ado, Sarah Shine, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Did I make you laugh? Love the intro, that was great. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I practice that all the time in the mirror, every day in the morning. I can tell. You got it down. <laughs> you know what? Um, uh, I was looking at your bio and there were some things that like and usually i have a pretty good like photographic memory i never have notes here but there were just some things that i needed to uh point out that i i first of all i think are very very interesting i think your fans or people that are become going to be be your fans tonight should know you've released at, i guess with an amount of 20 years 10 albums yes okay yeah. your first one you released in 1999 and if i'm correct just for you yes that's correct okay yeah uh, um do you remember the producers or the producer on that was Dominator? Okay, yeah, Dominator. Yeah, and uh, how how was the the feedback from that album? It was really good because they had already heard me on CLS and Triple C, uh -huh. so um, locally people were right. like, "Okay, well, we've heard her name. That's Sarah S. Now she's doing her own thing." So it was cool because they showed me the same type of love that they showed them. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then uh, you came out with Enter My World. That was 2001. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that one? That was not with Tomas. That's when I went with um, Jerome Stevens. Okay. Um, so I've, I've done a couple albums with both of them. But um, that's when we all went over to High Rollers. Dominator did too. Um, and Dominator produced that. And so did Daryl Dawes. Daryl Dawes is out of Santa Maria, and that's where I kind of went a little bit more of like, like the R&B flavor. Okay. Um, started dabbling like in the soul music a little bit more. So, uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what? And so you're saying the R&B. Who would you say, if not growing up, maybe at that time, who were you, your inspirations when it came to R&B? Um, I'd have to say. I was listening to Donnell Jones. Okay. <laughs> he was one of my favorites. Um, Dave Hollister, um, Faith Evans, and Mary J. Blige, and awesome. Kelly Price. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And and, and uh, what was the response on that album? That's like your second album. It was it was a little. Um, I had good and I had bad because uh -huh. a lot of people wanted to hear me still do, just sing over like the old school samples, uh -huh. which is what Dominator kind of created my. You know, he helped create that. That, that sound. sound. Yes. So I think people were expecting me to just stay with that. And I was kind of growing more love for the R&B since I, that was what I was like more raised on. Right. Um, so I was just trying out a new kind of new genre, but still keeping that, that Sarah S sound too. But, but I got, I got positive response, just more of like a, okay, what, what direction is she going? You know, but it was okay. good. You, yeah. you know, um, you mentioned um, Tomas. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Murray Brumfield? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I interviewed Murray here. Uh, uh, we had such a great response. A lot of people wanted to hear his side of the story. Right. Uh, and then he also uh, recommended Tomas. So eventually I will get, have Tomas yeah, here as well. Yeah, you should. He's, he's got some stories for you. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you helped. mentioned CL, CLS? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, for the people that are watching right now that request them a lot, right. I'm just going to say it, and uh, I'm glad Dominator's watching. I had booked them, yeah. but they had canceled due to, I guess, the coronavirus thing. Oh, okay. 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 And I'm just waiting now. They're, they're interested in doing it again, so yeah. I'm letting the fans know, uh, but I'm just waiting on their date. Nice. So, nice. That's, so they, they will be here. Yeah, they're great. So um, now you had... Uh, 
Sugar and Soul. No, I'm sorry. The New Beginning, yep. 2006. And that was back with Tomas. Okay. <laughs> so Jerome Stevens and Tomas were like the two labels in the city. Mm -hmm. They kind of were a little bit in competition. But Jerome did more shows and, and he started up a studio. And um, so we were kind of like working with, with both teams at the time. Um, and Dominator was also working with John, uh, Jerome. So... I was kind of like, you know, like working with, they were like my brothers. So where yeah. they went, like I went basically. Okay. Um, some, both of the teams like were having, you know, problems financially at times, you know, cause when you're a startup label and you're trying to like get behind, you know, all these artists that don't have a name and you've got to promote them to a huge level. Sometimes there's, you know, things that come into play where you're like, okay, I think I'm going to work, you know, over here with these people. So we stayed loyal to each other as a yeah. group, but we didn't always, we weren't always with like the same, you know, financial backing. Okay. Um, but we, we were with Tomas or Jerome basically. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, but that was, that was with Tomas Elise. And um, that's the last album that I've done with Tomas since. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, I see the album before that was released 2001. Right. This was released 2006, five years. Right. Why so long? Um, that was when I moved to L.A. Okay. Yeah. And I, um, well, actually, that was before Sugar and Soul album, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, no. So I had to move to L.A. I moved to L.A. right after the Sugar and Soul album. Um, that's because I had ended up, I left the Tomas situation and I... I was doing more features and stuff for okay. a lot of people. Yeah, staying busy. Yeah, I'm out on um, 450 features right now in wow. the Chicano rap. Yeah, world. Wow. Wow. So, and okay. I've featured with like um, big names like Spice One and um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. I've featured on a, a song with um, Curtis Young, who's Dr. Dre's song, mm -hmm. his son. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've worked with some cool people. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. And we'll get a little bit more into that. Yeah. Um, Sugar and Soul released in 2008. Uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that one? I think you said that was the last one you did with right. Tomas. Okay. Right. No, uh, New Beginning was with Tomas. Okay. Um, and then the Sugar and Soul was with High Rollers Entertainment. Um, and that was like really, we went back to the old school sound because people were like, we want to hear more of that. So yeah. um, Dominator produced a lot of that and he featured on that one as well. So it awesome. was cool. Yeah. And awesome. we, were, we were just touring a lot. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to get them right by the year. Okay, with Sugar and Soul. And then you had uh, uh, Shine Hard, if I'm correct? Or Yep. Okay, Shine Hard. I'm, I'm trying not to no, get ahead of okay. myself. Okay, uh, to, uh, Set It Up in 2013. Oh, yeah. Step It Up. Yeah. Step It Up. Yeah. My apologies. No, you're good. Um, that was my first one I put together on my own when I moved to L.A. Okay. So I started... Um, I was... During that time between Sugar and Soul and that album, I had had a meeting with Babyface and I had had a meeting with Clive Davis's team and was trying to get a record deal, like really trying wow. hard to, to get signed. Um, and the contracts were, you know, they just weren't great at that time for me. It was more like 360 deals, you know, oh. we're going to throw a single at you and hope it goes well. And, you know, and I sometimes I'm like, man, maybe I should have took that chance. But yeah. I decided not to sign for for different reasons. But um, I was more like just doing showcases, like really heavy. I had met Rick Hard when I moved here. That's when I was actually sleeping in my car and I was waitressing at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. <laughs> 
because I was like, I was like, people come to eat here, you know, like industry right. people. And that's how I got actually my first um, backup singing job for um, Ricky Fonte because his manager used to always go in there and eat chicken waffles. So I was passing out my demos while I was waitressing there. I, like when someone would leave, I'd leave mm -hmm. my CD on the thing and the manager didn't know I was doing, doing that. But I was like, shoot, I'm, you know, I'm going to see who I can meet. So I, he came back in after he'd heard my CD and he asked me to sing outside on my break. And then he was like, we're looking for a backup singer. You know, you're gonna have to quit your job because we're, we're going overseas like in two weeks and we, we like your sound and look and everything. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> so, but I was living in my car. So I literally had to park my car with all my clothes in it, grab like two weeks worth of clothes at a time, go on tour come back, move my car around to another block so it didn't get towed, you know, grab my shit, go back on tour, come back. People had no idea I was living out of my car. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Step it up, 2013, <laughs> then you came out with Shine Hard, yeah. 2014, the following year. Right. Uh, you, you put that together as well? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then you came with Raise the Bar, 2016. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Why did you name it Raise the Bar? Uh, my producer that I've known for 13 years, almost as long as Dominator, um, he lives in Las Vegas. He's um, worked with a lot of people. He's released songs on Aaliyah, R. Kelly, Tank. Um, he's somebody that I met when I was hustling my CDs in L.A. the first year. I used to write on him with a Sharpie and go out there and sing on the block. Um, and he walked by me one day and was like, you know, you just, you remind me of a young Tina Marie because I was actually singing out there with a microphone and I had a whole setup and right. I'd make like 200 cash, you know, in five hours and be like, okay, I'm going to go to Roscoe's now and waitress. Like that was my daily thing when I wasn't, you know, doing shows. But um, he ended up being like a brother to me too. He's out in Vegas now, but um, he just was like, you remind me of a young Tina. I just want to make an album on you. Like, you know, and let's call it Raise the Bar. So that was his idea. His name's Pyramid. Shout out to Pyramid. Um, and those have been like my two producers and Blame Ronnie. I don't know if you've heard of Blame Ronnie. We'll get into him because I'm okay. most of my newer music is with him. Okay. But, but yeah, anyways, Pyramid put that album together for me. And that one was the first album where I went more like hip hop R&B. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So. Then in uh, uh, 2018, you, you released Love Letters EP. Yeah. yeah. EP. And that was all financed by me. Um, that's when I started like working with Blame Ronnie. Um, Blame Ronnie's worked with a lot of people. Nipsey Hussle. Um, he's, if you look him up right now, he's on tour with Isla. She's signed and he's uh, worked with Serati, who's signed to um, Jay-Z's label. And he's just, he's doing his thing, you know. Right, so right. it's it's cool to work with a producer that's really in the game and is able to like, you know, give me some pointers and give me some real heavy R&B tracks that I've been yeah. I've been wanting to, you know, be awesome. able to write to. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, it's funny you bring up Tina Marie. Uh, I'll share with you a little story about her after okay. this. Cool. Now in 220, you have Soul Talk. Yeah. Okay, 2020. What did I say, 220? Yeah. <laughs> Soul Talk. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one because obviously this was released this year. Right. That's also something I put together. Um, so it's... I definitely say it's more of like a mid-tempo kind of EP. Okay. Um, I've just been, I used to put full albums out, like those ones that I did before yeah. I moved to LA. But now in the industry, it's like very either single or EPs, you know, six to eight songs. And especially if you're financing it all yourself, it's it's more affordable just to, hey, I'm going to, you know, push mm -hmm. two singles, 
you know, um, put together an EP. So I put that one together and I have um, Corey Royalty featured on that one. Mm -hmm. And he's out of Virginia. Um, Johnny Capo um, connected me with him. And so it was really cool to be able to like try out a, a new vibe on that one. That one's very heavy R&B. Okay. So I, I sometimes I go back and forth, like I said, like to the old school vibe and then to the R&B. And I'm, I'm uh, just released a new single too. It's called oh. Sweet Enough. Okay. And that's um, produced by Blame Ronnie, too. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right here, it says, I read something very interesting. Written hooks for over 250 different independent rap and R&B. Yeah, that's an old bio. It's, it's, I'm up to about 450 now. 450 <laughs> Yeah. Now. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Lil Wicked um, and Lil One and um, yeah. Lil Rob. A lot of people that I've worked with, you know, like from San Diego, a lot of Chicano rappers. Um, so yeah, I just, I've, I've featured on like Razcast people in the, in the nineties that were, and they're still doing their thing, you know, wow. um, Spice One was a great feature. Um, I've always wanted to work with him. I worked with Rap and Forte, uh, you know, just if you YouTube my name under Sarah Shine or Sarah S, you'll see mostly features. And then you get down to the bottom and you'll start seeing my okay. my personal stuff. Yeah. Okay, you guys, Sarah Shine yeah. uh, on YouTube. Look her up. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, a little quick Tina Marie story that I've shared here several times. Uh, me and my friend uh, Melo Manace, uh, lately we've been talking about releasing a song. In 1997, I produced, I produced a song. I was producing an album for Melo that never got released. Oh, okay. And uh, my good friend Violet Brown uh, one day tells me, she, she hears a song and she says, you know what, you need to get somebody to sing on this track. And I said, oh, okay, like who? Right. And he said, oh, I'll bring Tina by. Now keep in mind, I didn't, know, I didn't know what Tina she was talking about. It could have been <laughs> Tina from around the corner. Right. You know? <laughs> you weren't expecting Tina Marie. Yeah. So That's I said, crazy. okay. Uh, he goes, I'll ask her and see what she says. Yeah. So the very next day, she, she walks up. Wow. And uh, they walk into the studio. This was on... Uh, City of Alhambra. Okay. And I I didn't recognize Tina because Tina kind of walked in almost yep. like just she had like some jogging shorts, a really loose shirt. She's so chill, yeah. Yeah, and just had her hair all slicked back. Yeah. So uh, he says, oh, she says, I brought Tina here. And I was like, hey, what's up? And I said, you've been singing like for a long time? Yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> you still didn't know who she was? Yeah. I, you know, and, and then mm -hmm. she pulled me aside. Violet said, that's Tina Marie. Right. And I was That's like, nothing to play with right there. <laughs> And I said, I fucked up. You know, that's what I said. Yeah, you're like, and you've been singing a long time. <laughs> yeah. I, I have some more you're stories funny. like that where I goofed up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and then that's she, incredible. She goes, Play the track. She met her. her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would say for at least a good year. Well, I had her number. She was staying in Pasadena at the time. Yeah. And since I collected a lot of vintage keyboards. Right. One day she just calls me. She just says, how you doing, Tony? And I said, uh, what's up? Who's this? Uh, it's Tina. And I'm like, Tina who? Yeah. Tina Marie and I go, you're a damn lie. Who is this? <laughs> you said you're a damn lie. You're calling my cell phone direct. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, no, I said, who is it? Yeah. But it was really her. She wanted to borrow one of my 88 key Fender Rose pianos. Oh, wow. That I used to have. She so, could play every instrument. Yes, yes. I saw her live one time at a casino in, I think it was Bakersfield. But I remember I was in the second row because I was there with one of her tour managers. I got to meet her, but... Like, you know, it was more just like a, hey, and, you know, she's signing autographs. It was a real right. quick meet and greet. But it, just to see her live before she passed, it was like five years before she passed. It was incredible. I was like, wow, you know, and to be compared to her, I've, I've been compared to her a lot over the years. I'm, I'm, I am Portuguese, 
you know, awesome. from my father. So, and I was raised singing, you know, listening to her. And uh, so it's, it's a it quite awesome. a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Um, um, in the next door, in the room next door, I actually still have the two inch reel yeah. with her voice on it. That's you know? crazy. So me and Melo have been talking about it yeah. uh, and, and we mixed and mastered it. Okay. Uh, we were getting ready to release it. We were going to get, uh, get ready to sign to either Interscope or Warner Brothers. We had two major deals. Uh, long story, but the deals fell through. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you off camera how it fell through. <laughs> okay. But we were expecting big things off of that album. Right. And it never, it never happened. That was going to be our first single. She was going to be in the video. Everything. Right. N it never happened. But we've been talking about releasing it. Okay. Only reason why people have been asking me to release it, release it, is because even though she was paid, me still lacking the business side of it, I never had her sign a release. Oh. So I don't have the rights, right. if you will. I see. I don't even have proof that I even paid her. Wow. You know, so, but I remember my friend was there. Right. Who can vouch for me, but that's, I don't yeah, think that'll that's hold a word. Her. Right. Yeah. They want to see it on paper. Right. Yeah. So, you know what? I wanted to touch on something that you said, and I know you touched on that again, but it says, as soon as SR arrived in LA, she landed a regular job, uh, regular gig at BB Kings in Hollywood every Saturday night, and then, uh, Waitress at Roscoe Chicken and Waffles has slept in her car for over two years. Yep. And it says, sold her CDs at night on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Now, uh, now this may sound goofy, but that's really true? That's yeah. Really? Yeah. And yeah. nobody knew that you were just crashing out in your car? No. Um, I, I, My mom didn't even know for a long time. You know, she's like my best friend. But I just was like, oh, I'm renting a room over here. Or I'm, you know. And it was just like. I can just look back at that time and I just had such a strong hunger within myself and yeah. I had such um, internal, what do you, like street smart, like I knew like, okay, I'm going to go stay, I'm going to go sleep in the parking lot. I would stay in the extended stay hotel parking lot in mm -hmm. um, a really nice neighborhood. I can't remember. It was like off of the 101 freeway. Um, and I, cause there, I knew there was a security guard at the front desk all night like and he would usually just walk the parking lot he didn't know i was sleeping there but i every you know every night i would go brush my teeth at the gas station and wash my face put my hair up in a bun and go and put my seat back and i would write music in my car and there'd be nights where it was like raining like crazy and i was cold and i had you know I had blankets and I was I had to go up get up early in the morning and go do you know a receptionist job and then at a law firm and then I would waitress at night and on the weekends I would just pack up all my I had my speakers and my mic in my trunk and I would just go sing and hustle my CDs. So that was like my life for like years until I got that first backup, you know, wow. gig, yeah. But I wow. I just started saving money cuz I wasn't really making a lot at both jobs. So I okay. got my own place eventually. <laughs> but yeah. So then she, then she toured as an opening act for all these legend Brenton Wood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it says, uh, uh, together they performed a duet that she wrote for both of them titled Sweet Memories. Yeah. So. That was an amazing experience. Um, Jerome, who's with Jerome Stevens with High Rollers Entertainment, I had already moved to LA and they were still very supportive of me, just like Tomas has been. There's never been like, you know, bad energy. It's like we, even though, like, you know how families, you don't talk for a little while, you right. come back and you're like, okay. 
You're like our daughter. We still support you. But Jerome always booked a lot of old school groups like um, the Shirelles and yeah. Brenton Wood was one of his main acts. So Brenton Wood, you know, has got the car shows unlocked in yes. the casinos and he has such a huge fan base. Yes. So I think get drunk to him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I met with him in the studio for the first time and I was like kind of starstruck because I, I had already toured with a lot of big people. But I was just like, I love like you. I grew up listening to him and um, loved his music. And Jerome was like, you're going to write with him and I need you to write him a hit song. And I was like, oh my God, okay. So I wrote us a duet, which is called Sweet Memories. And then Brenton, we clicked, we got along well. And he's like, how, how would you feel about opening for all of my shows? He goes, it'll give your name a, a bigger platform and, and we can open up with your song that you wrote for us. And I was like, wow, yes, of course, you know? So I went on tour with him just like on the weekends and I had to keep my day job because he wasn't, you know, off, off the mic. Not. I mean, it wasn't the, that great of money, but um, it was enough to to get me out to where the show was and, and he would, you know, cover the hotel and, and pay us, you know, a few hundred or whatever. But um, I had a manager at the time, Paul Morella, who I have to shout out. Paul was my first and actually my only manager for about 10 years. Hmm. So he, he was my manager... Um, under Tomas's label and under Jerome's. He just went with me where I went, you know, and yeah. um, was on the road with me where my road manager, I just sang at his wedding a few few years ago. But I say that to say that um, he went on the road with me on these Brenton Wood shows and we opened up for James Brown, wow. which is at the Greek Theater, which was incredible because Brenton Wood is in that whole lineup of, you know, yeah. Just like every great singer you can think of. So we opened up for Shaka Khan a lot because Brenton would do shows with her. So it was like I was sharing the stage with all these just amazing artists. And to be on the same stage as James Brown, like he came on like an hour after us. It was like I was sitting in the audience like, I made it. You know what I mean? It was just it was just one of those moments that I'll never forget. So that I can say being with Brenton Wood, it was um, probably one of the best experiences I've I've experienced as an artist. Yeah, that's awesome. I did yeah. a show with him. We um, when we, we were touring with this album, and we did a car show. That's when I first met him. And I'll tell you a little story after yeah. on what um, when I asked him, "Where you been?" Like I haven't seen, I haven't heard yeah. of you in years. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, he just popped up and started performing. Yeah. I'll tell you the answer he told me because I don't want to. <laughs> Put him on bless. No, Brenton, Brenton is going to keep going until the wheels fall off. Like, I was just amazed at his energy and, like, just how everybody knows every word of his song. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> every yes, word. Yes. Put it, put it this way. Okay. Yeah. Um, we found out that maybe for this song, Art LeBeau owned all the rights to Brenton Wood. Right. Uh, um, I found out later that he owns, I think, his whole catalog. Whether that's yeah. true or not, at it, least for the song, we were trying to get cleared. Right. I was doing mixtapes in the 80s, and we were doing original songs on mixtapes. We didn't know they were going to go anywhere, but off of these mixtapes that we have here, yeah. that's how we got our record deal. Somebody at Disney heard it, came to the Swami, right. and they wanted to sign us. But I had a song where my boy High C would rap to Bretton Wood over a Bretton Wood beat. Oh, that's great. And, and um, they got a hold of it. But they were saying, and I didn't know if this was true or not because I didn't know the business. I was 21 at the time. Yeah. That the guy who owns the the, the music wants everything. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to get paid. Right. Like, when we cleared uh, I'm Your Puppet mm -hmm. um, and we made I'm Not Your Puppet, um, we paid him like 5000 
Wow. You, you know, uh, this yeah, that's was, decent. Yeah. 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 And then we did uh, Billy Stewartson in the park. We paid, we paid them 5000 Okay. But this Brandon Woods sample, they wanted everything. Oh. So my attitude was like, fuck them. You know, take the shit off. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, and you have to make those calls sometimes. But, yeah. but that just goes to show how much... I love Brentwood. Uh, I wanted to put him in my music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but yeah. I'll, I'll share that with you after uh, the, what he said. Yeah. But now, um, you mentioned some of the things, some of the artists that I was going to bring up, uh, that you opened up artists for Shekha Khan. You said James Brown, uh, Maya, Wu-Tang Clan, Casey and Jojo, The Gap Band, Destiny's Child, Morris Day and The Time. Yeah. Um, any memorable moments? I know you mentioned James Brown. Yeah, that was incredible. I think that was probably one of my like big, you know, yeah. moments. Um, and then opening for Shaka and Morris Day was like incredible. He's quite an enter entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite an entertainer. Um, Destiny's Child too was really dope. Um, and then over the years, I've opened up for Bobby Valentino at a big show mm -hmm. in um, Glendale and. Um, who else? I just I've I've opened up for a lot of R and B people, um, okay. and then I've just continued to do. Before the pandemic, I was doing probably like three shows a week in L A. Um, really? Yeah. So I'll I'll get back to that, but yeah, just um, COVID caught and blocked everything. Over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So now I do like Friday night lives from my from my house from my home studio, and I just like sing and get on there and do covers and go live with people. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny you say. Uh, you, I've I've never well when you said you saw James Brown that was kind of like your awe moment. Yeah. Okay? For me, it wasn't a performance. Uh, I don't get starstruck, but for this one person, I did. Right. It, it was it was weird. Uh, are you familiar with the Nam show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A couple of years ago, um, even though we got in with our badges, I went in the wrong way, you know, and I was like, I, I was with my son. Oh. And I was like. I, there's nobody here. So I just opened the door and uh, there was a guy walking towards me. Oh. A security guard had this man by the arm. So I didn't really bother looking at him because I thought uh, maybe he got in trouble. They're escorting him out through the back door. Oh. So I just walked in and one of the guy, the guy holding this man said, hey man, uh, you're supposed to be back here? And I said, yeah, man, I got my badge. So I looked up and we bumped shoulder and I go, hey, and I was about to say something. Oh. It was freaking Stevie Wonder. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I ran into him at Roscoe's when oh. I was waitressing there. <laughs> I wanted to give him a CD so bad, but they wouldn't let me get close to him. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. But he was with one guy, and he bumped into me, and I, I was like, man, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, but it was... But that was Stevie Wonder. I'm glad you didn't you yeah. know, get crazy But instead of what the fuck, it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that turned around real quick. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy because oh. I was starstruck because... You know, who didn't grow up listening to Stevie oh, Wonder? Who doesn't love Stevie iconic, Wonder? Iconic, yeah. Yeah, so. Incredible. For that moment, I was like, shoot, I bumped shoulders. Yeah. So now I can lie and say I rubbed elbows with Stevie Yeah, Wonder. see, you really did, though. I'm glad you didn't knock him out. <laughs> so, you, you know, yeah. it, there was one thing that, uh, quite a few things, as you see, I highlighted some. Yeah, that's okay? cool. Thank you for... Doing your history. <laughs> well, I, I I love history. So yeah, Sarah Shine is often referred to as the truth. Yeah, the and that's thank you. That's my story. Like the sleeping in my car and and the hustling CDs and just being that artist that was really on the street. Like 
grinding and putting flyers on cars. I have a single I put out called The Truth. And uh -huh. there's, a, there's a video with it on YouTube um, that's actually gotten like probably the most views out of a lot of my songs. It's um, a favorite by a lot of people. And I was performing it and people would be like in tears in the audience. And it's like, it's not like a poor me, oh, I went through this type of song. It's like I laced my boots up and I was a soldier about this. And I never, you know, I never wanted like sympathy. It was more like right. just to let people know, like, I'm a female. Not only am I a female, I'm, I'm not choosing to go this route. I'm choosing to go, you know, like the industry route. I'm choosing to go a route that's all heart, that's all hustle, mm -hmm. that believes in herself and willing to, you know, go through some things that probably the normal female okay. wouldn't, you know, yeah. wouldn't go through. So I knew that I, my strength and who I was as a person was setting me apart from, you know, just the average artist that, that comes out and waits for things to come to them. Yes. I, I got out and I got it, you know? Okay. So. Um, before we give your shout outs, in closing, I want to ask you something. Yeah. Say there's a female artist out there, whether she's a singer, a rapper, musician, or even a, a male rapper, singer, whatever. Right. They hear your story, okay? And maybe they think, man, you know what? She's so talented. Uh, uh, what's what's chance? Do do I you know? What's uh, I'm trying to find the, the right formula? Words. Like to no no what what, um, what what chance do I have? In other words. Oh okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. What type of encouragement would you give these no. people that are watching? Right. You know. I'd say I mean, just just do what feels right in your heart, but also put that common sense with it because, you know, you can go the route that I did and sleep in your car and struggle and, you know, and try to do it the gritty way. If you have that kind of a backbone, right, right. <laughs> um, it's, it's a harder way, you know, um, but I can say that I don't look back on that experience and regret any part of it because a lot of it molded me to be the woman that I am today with right. integrity and values and, you know, I appreciate things a lot more, you know, just relationships. And um, I can say to a young singer coming up, like, definitely move to a place. If you're in a small town like I was, there was only so much that I could grow and, and right. do back home. I had already featured on a lot of people's CDs. And I just knew, like, if I wanted to go to that next level, I had to make that move. And that's why I packed all my shit in my trunk. And I just was like, you have to just take risks, you know. Okay. You do have to be a risk taker. Yeah. Um, and you do have to have faith. And you do have to know what you're wanting to um, portray as an artist. Who are you? What's your purpose? What's your purpose in your music? You know, because mm -hmm. a lot of us are are writing to be a trend. I, I see a lot of artists coming up that are like, let me sound like Jeannie Eiko. Let me sound like her. Let me. There's a lot of girls that are they're dope. They've, I I love them. I am I'm I'm all about any type of R&B. Yeah. But there's I see a lot of women coming into the industry that are in that real mellow safe zone type of singing okay uh, for me soul is like you belt it out you go you you go all over the board with it you know yeah. you just you you show your skills that's what i was raised on like just real singers so i just feel like really hone in on who you are as an artist put yourself in a city where you can get discovered right now we're in a time where it's it's difficult but there's a lot of stuff online to tap into you know, just blogs and 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 just really like there's a lot of people selling packages these days to where you can get like inside email lists on 
submitting your music to Warner Chapel. Like if you if you're a songwriter, it's it's really good to get in as a songwriter first. Actually, okay. I've made a lot of money as an artist just songwriting for other people. You wow. know, that's been a nice little chunk of change for me on the yeah. side as I've been pursuing my artist thing. So tap into what your God given gifts are. And and just run with it, but but you know if you just know if you choose the struggle route, it is going to be harder. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. But have your backup plan and and have some money saved up so that you're not out here, you know, right. just trying to do whatever to get on. You've got to have a good head on your shoulders and know that it's it's not easy because the people in the industry, like we talked about earlier, well. sometimes it'll you'll want to say, I want to take a break from this shit because it feels it feels fake. It feels you know. Yeah. It, you yeah. get all kinds of different energies thrown at you that you have to have thick skin enough to to be solid in who you are yeah. as a person first before an artist. Yeah. You have to be solid in who you are. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, this time, any shout outs you want to give? Uh, you you want to promote your music? Where can people reach you? Your Instagram's pops it's popping up. I know they can follow you there. Yeah. Do you have Spotify? Are you on, are you on YouTube? Or I am, yeah. Share all of that. Yeah. I'm on um, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. My Instagram is at sarahshine underscore official. And it's Sarah spelled S-A-R-A. Um, shout out to Triple C, Dominator, CLS, Tomasoli, Jerome Stevens, Paul Morello, Ed Morello, um, shout out to my mom, Diane, my father, Terrence, um, my sister, Andrea. I have one older sister. Um, love my family. And um, just shout out to every artist, you know, just like yeah. out there, you know, just put in the work. And especially during these times, I just want everybody to stay safe and just, you know, don't lose your passion for what you do. You have to be uh, focused on what your next move is, no matter what's going on in the world right now. It's not going to slow us down from what you know what our path is so just just stay focused on what you were set out to do before this all hit and and you know do your best at what you can and i i thank you so much for having me on you are just like i really appreciate thank your you. energy your good energy and just how much you show just the chicano world alone you know like a lot of love and everybody from hip-hop to r&b like i've been following you for for months now, everybody's been telling me like you gotta get on there, and I was just so happy when you hit me up. So, because I knew it was gonna be more of an in-depth interview. I've yeah. I've done a lot of just kind of like on the surface yeah. questions, but I appreciate you asking the questions you did and having me here today. So, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sarah Shine, yeah. for uh, you know giving me the opportunity to interview you. So it's truly been an honor and a pleasure. I wish you nothing but but the best. Thank so, you. Um, I hope and pray that when you blow the hell up, you come back and give us another interview. Of course, yeah. And I'm real quick, I'm performing in New York next weekend. It's my first time going to New York. I'm opening for Dream Doll and Fredro Star. So Dream Doll is off of Love and Hip Hop. Um, okay. But she's. we're going to be at the Manly's in Brooklyn. So I'll be performing there next Sunday night, a week from today. Awesome. You'll yeah. like New York. I, yes. like, I like New York. Yeah, I'm excited. So. So. Okay, everybody. Uh, <laughs> once again, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a 10-minute break. So call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know yes. that Sarah Shine is in the building. Slap and we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back with our guest. Okay? Take care. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodium Radio, episode 93. Uh, once again, I want to encourage everyone to subscribe to Freaky Tales Podcast. We go live every Friday at 7 p.m. Uh, we talk about the paranormal, spooky, ghost story type of shit. So uh, once again, subscribe there, share, comment, like, 
talk crap. Doesn't matter. It's all good. Doesn't bother me. You got to have thick skin to sit right here where I'm sitting. So uh, other than that, uh, let me go ahead and introduce my very special guest who's waited very patiently <laughs> because sometimes it does get a little hot in here. So uh, without further ado, Elvia Cadena, ¿cómo estás? Muy bien, ¿y tú? Good, I'm good. That's, I'm good. Uh, I'm um, good, I'm good, thank um, you. How far did you drive? San Francisco? Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, Riverside. So it was, like a, it was like an hour drive, but no traffic. You know, I was chilling. I wasn't driving, so I was cool. So you were Just chilling. chilling. Huh? <laughs> did you drink a couple of beers? <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually did. I actually drank one before I got here. Now, you, you know what? Today <laughs> is... Uh, Football Sunday. Are you a football, uh, sport fan I'm, at all? I'm not. I don't watch sports. No, at all. No, like at all. Tampoco. <laughs> I mean, I grew up watching um, soccer. Okay. My dad, todos los domingos or you know Sundays, soccer and what the oh Santos y que la 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 que Cruz Azul and things like that. But I never really got like into into it. Okay. So I want to talk about watch like soccer is World Cup. The World Cup. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. Uh, other than that, uh, football americano. Football Americano, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I have family, uh, Cowboys fans, and um, that are like all into it. And I'll, I'll sit there and like when they have their football, uh, what do you call this? Uh, Super Bowl? Not well, yeah, Super the, the Bowl. Where, like they get together for the, the game or whatever. We'll right. do, we'll do that, and I'll watch and stuff. But I'm not too much of like, I'm like lost. Like, okay, so what does that mean, or what's happening, or what is that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, during the break, I checked the score because my Cowboys were playing the Rams. And we lost uh, 17 to 14, but I'm not trying to bring up old stuff. So let's just... <laughs> let's just He's go. like, let's move on forward. <laughs> yes, yes. So now, uh, let me ask you a question, because I, I like to ask people what they like to watch. Ask me, ask Are you a novella person? Do you like movies, horror, I documentaries? To, I used to watch novellas. Growing up, I was like a super novella freak, especially like the little when I was a little kid. I used to watch a lot of the, the little kid um, novellas, and they had a lot of the little dancing and the little groups like rebelde i don't know if you ever uh <laughs> heard, uh, was all like ah, rebelde and um belinda do you know who belinda is no she comes out in a lot of um the kid novelas and it okay. was just very interesting and they had little singing groups so i was just like oh i like this you know <laughs> but i do like horror i like uh like scary shit i watch i read netflix and chill a lot eh? so i like to watch like haunted like yes. all the super uh, normal shit um I heard you men mention Ozark. Yes. Ozark's fucking dope. I like watching um, Nef uh, shows that have like a bunch of seasons. So like right. that, I could just, you know, sit Stay there good. and watch it. Yeah, yeah. But you know what sucks? After you're done with like all 12 seasons. It's so upsetting because I'm like, <laughs> what do I watch now? Like, I really like the American Horror Story. Yeah. Uh, it's just dope. Every so, every um, season was like super Super dope. Are you like it's a crazy, Michael Myers, Chucky? Yeah, Jason. I like that. I saw the Chucky. I was like, ooh, <laughs> Chucky. Yeah, I like I yeah. like the scary stuff. I grew up on that stuff. As far as Spanish stuff, I grew up like on Chavo del Ocho. Yes, you know. El Chavo. Yeah. Are you familiar with Cepillin? Cepillin <laughs> and freaking who else? Um, Cepillin was like the main birthday theme song for us. Mm -hmm. Cri Cri. You know, Cri Cri is my dad used to always put... Um, back then, you know, they had the, the revistas um, with the... With the CDs, the okay. what would they call like a catalog or something, uh -huh. and um, he would order like 
the novella CDs for us. So like all the Belinda novellas, uh, I had all the CDs of their little songs that they had in the novellas. The Cri-Cri, he used to bump Cri-Cri for us all the time. So I grew up <laughs> listening to Cepillin, Cri-Cri, all that shit. Now I, ha I have a little girl. So now my little girl's like all into Cepillin. Like, oh, Cepillin. Yeah, you, you know what? Cool. I would have mentioned some of the Mexican comedy stuff I used to grow up watching, but a lot of those were perverted. They're dirty. Dirty as Like hell. Uh, the Playa ones, what was it called? Um, there was Los Verduleros. Uh, uh, I mean, Los was, Polivoses. Did you ever watch yes. Los Polivoses? <laughs> I mean, some of them are almost like borderline porn. Yes, like. I remember like being little and like sometimes my parents were watching movies and then, Bye, it's a okay, let's go. But I would be like, what the fuck you guys watching? Yeah, one time I, was, I remember one time my mom, rest in peace, she was watching a comedy movie. We used to own a video store. So she would call me and she goes, Trame esta película, you know, bring me this movie. I'm like, all right, grabbed it, take it to her. And then all of a sudden I heard this one guy going, oh, so I was like, what the hell is that? So I turned around, <laughs> and it was a guy. He, he was howling. He had a girl doggy style. Oh, my God. No. And he was howling like a... <laughs> he was having a good time. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, I'm out of here. Oh, that's but, hilarious. But some of those are like borderline. Yes. Anyways, how was your weekend going? Oh, my weekend's been great. Yeah? Yeah, Friday we had a movie. I watched Mulan. Okay. The how, new how Mulan. Was that movie? I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I was expect I expected Mushu to come around, but <laughs> that didn't happen. But, you know, they always switch it up with the, the live, the people, people movies, not the right. cartoon. They switch it up. But I liked it. I, Mulan, I grew up watching Mulan. Mulan was, like, one of my favorite movies. Okay. So I was like, oh, I liked it. Did, did you ever watch the, uh, como se llama, the genie one? Aladdin. Aladdin. Oh, that one, the people, people one yeah, that the they recently. One. Uh, yeah. I love it. Okay. They did what good. about Beauty and the Beast? Mm, I wasn't too happy with Beauty and the Beast. See, that was my favorite one. Really? Yeah, I liked that. You one. liked it? Yeah, I really. I mean, did. it was cool, but eh. <laughs> Same with like Cinderella. I was like, nah. Cinderella was like my favorite movie growing up, and when I watched the People People one, I uh -huh. was like, eh. I don't like Cinderella anymore. Let me watch the cartoon one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite, if any, Disney cartoon? You said Cinderella, so... Uh, yeah, I grew up with Cinderella. That was, like, the only movie we used to watch all okay. the time. Cinderella, Cinderella. You, you know which uh, one? I finally remember the name. You ever see one called... I think it was called The Prince of Egypt. Oh, my God. That movie is freaking dope. I My daughters actually love that movie. They were like, no, I don't want to watch this. It's boring. Because they always want to watch the same shit. I'm like, I'm choosing today. So I put that in... Random at random times. Can we watch the Prince of Egypt, Mom? Yeah, it, it's I love it. That's probably the my singing favorite. in it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. That awesome. movie's nice. So now, where originally are you from? Where did you grow up at? I grew up everywhere. Well, not <laughs> everywhere. I grew up in San Bernardino. Okay. Or how people like to say San Bernardino. Um, I was born in Glendora, and then after that, when we we lived like in a monte till I was like. I don't know, like two or something. Uh -huh. And then we left to Mexico. So I lived in wow. Guanajuato for like, since I was like two till I was like six around there. Okay. And then we came back over here. We lived in LA with one of my tias for like maybe like half a year. And then that's when we moved to San Bernardino. Okay, so San Bernardino. San Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love San Bernardino. <laughs> Do you have any memories of going to Guanajuato? Yes, I, man, it was, it was dope. Um, we used to always go, like when I was younger, we would go every two years, but like living there, I remember um, my birthday was always, my birthday's November 1st. Okay. So there was always like some type of Halloween or the other Los Muertos shit going on. So I really liked that. That's dope. 
And, um, you know, they celebrate Dia de los Muertos over the Panteones. They hook them up with, like, all kinds of shit. Yeah. I don't really remember too much of that, but I just remember, like, my birthday, Halloween. Yeah, it was Halloween, and I would be standing right there, like, Vengan a mi fiesta! Come to my cake! Everybody's just kind of like, who, who, who are you? <laughs> and um, I remember, like, uh, just being everywhere. Like, it, it was very freely. It was very, not, like, kind of, yeah, safe. We would just be everywhere. I would love to go there when they celebrate Dia de los Muertos. Porque they, they, to watch that cartoon, what was it called? Um, uh, Coco. Coco. Oh, I love Coco. That was such a dope movie. I love Coco. It's, it, when that, they came out with that movie, I was just like, I love this. I love the whole Sugar Skulls and Dia de los Muertos. My little girl was born on Dia de los Muertos. Really? I was like, yay. Either I'm like, either <laughs> she's born Halloween, my birthday, or and she was born Dia de los Muertos. So I'm like, So hey. you bring up Halloween, favorite holiday. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Mine too? I like Halloween. <laughs> I mean, I like everything else, Christmas and all that, but oh, I love Halloween. You know, it's funny. Uh, growing up, what was your favorite uh, uh, costume or that you dressed up like? Let me give you mine. And it, it became mine because only that was the same crap that my mother put me on. Okay, what, uh, what, Mom, what am I going to be? What's the El Diablo? I was a devil once too, and we have a picture. It was like a girl, the Ablita or whatever. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I dressed as a little devil. Okay, okay. I had a lot of different costumes. I, I can't sit there and be like, this one was my favorite because I just, I love it. You can yeah. dress up. And yeah, now that I have variety. kids, I'm like, ooh, you're going to be this and you're going to be that. Ooh, awesome. I love it. Awesome. So the following year, Mom, what am I going to be? What's the devil otra vez? <laughs> the three years in a row was a damn devil. Then when I grew up, uh, it was uh, a sign. I'm yeah, it, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, uh, I was a teenager and I was always getting into trouble. Maldito diablo! Oh. And I was like, hey, so he's diablo. Exactly. Yeah. So now, growing up with your mother and your father. What type of music would you say you were raised with? Did your mother and your father both play different music? Um, yeah. My dad was more like the calm stuff. But um, like what? Like Indio. Um, but uh, Spanish. Obviously, they would listen to all the Spanish stuff. Yes. Um, but I grew up listening to like... No, they kind of had like the same taste. My dad would mm -hmm. say Tutucanes. Uh, we listened to Los Tucanes. That actually reminds me of living in Mexico. Los Tucanes de Tijuana. Because mm -hmm. we would bump that all the time. Uh, my mom, Chayito Valdez. Um, Rocio Durcal. Cello. Oh, that's my, that's my shit. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, well, yeah, like Indio, Brindis. Uh, fuck, there's a lot. It was just the Spanish shit. Yeah. Later on, it was when I started kind of like catching my own type of thing that I started. But yeah, growing up, it was just like the rancheras and um, the Spanish stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you go to school in Mexico? I went to kinder in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. So when I came over here, I was very like, no speak English. I didn't understand <laughs> shit. I was just kind of like the awkward child that didn't talk to nobody because I didn't speak English. I mean, there, people spoke Spanish, but like in school, like English right, and right. all that, I was just kind of like a loner at, okay. at, at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and obviously you went to junior high school and high school out in San Bernardino? Yeah. Okay. What schools did you go to for people that may be out there who are your fans? Shout out to Shannon Hills Middle School. I went to Roosevelt Elementary School. Okay. And um, then from there, I went to Shannon Hills Middle School. Uh, in high school, I went to Arroyo Valley High School one year, but then my oh, bitch started fucking up. And my parents were like, you're going to a continuation school. So I graduated from Pal Center. Um, charter school, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, 
Class of 09. Woo <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Growing up, did you play any instruments at all? My dad was always like trying to make us do something. So I remember for school we got like, because we had like good grades or something. I don't know, some bullshit. But we qualified to go learn to play the accordion. Okay. So I freaking, we took a few classes and right there, like learning the three blind mice and, you know, the basic shit. Right. And it was cool, but after I was just kind of like, this is too difficult for me. Like, eh. So I, um, but that's about it. Yeah, the accordion. Okay. Which uh, I tried. I tried. <laughs> wow. at, at what point in your life would, would you say that you wanted to start singing? Uh, I, I know you said you, you guys were singing, you guys were playing the accordion. But was there ever a turning point where you said, you know what, I really want to do this? Um, well, I've always sang. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, when, when I was uh, after maybe like six seven years ago okay. my friend um she hit me up and like hey because she's a mariachi she's like hey let's make a trio she's like we don't even have to play the instrument they they play her and the other girl play instruments she played the violin and the other girl played the vihuela and i would just sing okay. but um or sometimes it would just be tracks and we'll sing and we started doing the whole little house party thing and then that's when i was kind of like i like this like and especially because uh i grew out of my shyness i mean i've always sang and all that but I was very like, oh, I don't want to show, like, people, canta el viana, where they're like, oh, fuck, they're going to want me to say, like, oh, you know, but, yeah, maybe, like, five, six years ago was when I was kind of like, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I stuck to it, yeah. Awesome. Um, be- before that, uh, you had mentioned that you were, you were shy. What do you think got, got, got you out of that? Was it just... Being a- tipsy at the karaoke bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what helped me out, because I, I, I was, like... like like Sarah was talking about her, I was also in the choir. I grew up, um, okay. I was in the kids' choir, and that I was pretty shy, but I liked it. Once they had the, um, my choir director right away was kind of like, okay, you're going to do this solo, like always me. So I was just like, fuck, like <laughs> he's going to pick me again. And I liked it, you know, I was like, yeah, but I was, it was just super nervous. You could just tell I was nervous. Same thing after the kids' choir went to the teens' choir. And same thing, our choir director was like, okay, Elvia, you're going to sing this song. And, or you're going to do this solo. And the whole time I was right there, like, with my leg. or And she would tell me, don't do that. Like, don't do that. But it was just, uh, like, very, I was super, super nervous always. I mean, I love singing, but I was just super nervous. Like, I couldn't break out of that little, like, being all stiff right. type of thing. Then later on... um, I was I, I got out of it. I was in I got pregnant really young, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of doing that, you know, the being the whole mom thing. And after I was just kind of like wilding out, doing my own thing, until the whole my friend um, was like, "Hey, let's do, let's do this trio thing, let's do this, let's do that." And I'm like, "Okay." And from there, that's when I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to this." And eventually, well, since I was already wilding out at the karaoke bar, when she told me about this, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm down. And we started singing at, like, restaurants and backyard parties and, you know, things like that. So that helped. I'm like, that helped. (laughs) Awesome. Now, um, you had mentioned, you know, uh, singing in the church and everything. Um, You mentioned that you loved music. You know, you liked singing. Did you, how would you say... You, you had mentioned like, ah, don't pick me or she, she's going to pick me. Did you like it from the very beginning? Did you like hearing yourself sing? 
Yeah, I liked it, especially because people after Misa, after Misa was over, ay, que bonito canta tu hija, oh, or things okay. like that. So I was like, oh, but I was very shy. Yeah. I was more of like, let me be in my room singing. Because I remember the day my, my dad bought us a karaoke machine. Oh, my God. I was just like in the freaking room <laughs> singing with my karaoke machine forever. And we would, I remember the other day my dad found one. We would record, he got, he was super mad. Because I remember this one time we recorded over one of his, I don't know if it was like, Los Tigres or some freaking cassette we recorded over it like según a little radio show oh. our, our we grew up in apartments and our neighbor tenía um, she got the chicken pops the chicken pox, our little homegirl, so we couldn't visit her. And me and my little sister were like, hey, let's make her a cassette. Yeah. So we're right there talking and we're saying all the stupid things. And I sing a song and then my sister sang another song. And I remember my dad was mad because we recorded over like one of his cassettes that actually had like good music. I'm like, I'm sorry, dad. Buy some <laughs> blank ones. But yeah. Okay. The, the reason why I asked if you liked hearing yourself or to, uh, uh, sing, because I ask a lot of rappers and a lot of times... Uh, if I've interviewed maybe 80 rappers, I would say maybe about 40 to 50 would say when they recorded their voice, they played it back and they heard themselves back for the first time, whether it was at home or at the studio or somewhere else, they didn't like hearing their voice. You know, when I was little, I did like with the whole little cassettes thing. We're like, oh, shit, that's me. And dang, I, I sounded good. And <laughs> but now I'm, I'm super like I, I criticize myself a lot. Like, nah, I could have done better right there. Or, the other day I sang it way better or things like that. But when I was little, like actually like doing all that stuff with our freaking karaoke machine, I liked it. I was like, this is me. Mira, me escúchame. <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah. Awesome. So, so like uh, growing up now, you told me what your mom and dad would listen to. Uh, what type of singers or what type of music were you into growing up that possibly inspired you to, to, to sing or maybe to get your sound? For an example, as a DJ, me not being a rapper or a singer, uh, I listened to everything that was East Coast because that's where hip-hop was coming from. So, like I said, the Fat Boys, Salt and Pepper, UTFO, Houdini, and I can go down the line. You growing up, uh, what type of, would you say, music inspired you to do what you're doing today? I grew up listening to, well, I have an older sister, so we're like six years apart, so whatever she bumped, I, I started bumping too, but um, personally that I like, I used to listen to Alicia Keys a lot. Awesome. Um, what's the other girl's name, the one that sings, um, Keisha Cole. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then with my sister, that's when I, I started getting to, into like the oldies because she was, she was like all cholita, you know, <laughs> so she would bump Lil Rob. And um, all you know, all the gangster rappers, and they involved a lot of their, their, um, like oldies into their music. So right. that's when I started listening to Brenton Wood, and I was like in maybe like middle school around mm -hmm. that time when I started listening to that, and um, freaking who else? Um, like Etta James. Yeah. And then throughout high school and stuff, like I have Amy Winehouse. She was like, oh. she's like my all-time favorite. Amy Winehouse. Who else? Uh, Adele. Okay. Um, um, there's like a, a there's a bunch of other that I'm just kind of like right now, but Alicia Keys was one of like my favorite. Yeah. And I would always tell mom, cuando I, cuando me haga grande y me haga un artista, I'm gonna make a song with her mom. And when I would see magazines at the store of Alicia Keys, I was like, con ella, con ella, I'm gonna make a song one day, mom. And she'd be like, okay. But Alicia Keys was like a big. Mm -hmm. I, I used to bump Alicia Keys all the time. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Uh, um, you mentioned Alicia Keys. Uh, I love Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys is probably the last CD that I've ever bought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one, I, I love her stuff. 
I like her stuff because she plays her own instruments. Yeah. I love the way she sings. Yeah. What are things about her that you like? And then I'll ask you about Amy Winehouse. Her voice. Her voice was very, it sounded very, like, natural. Yeah. It sounded very natural. And, um... The, the the her her beats and like how you said she would play everything and it would go from like really like mellow to really like huh, you know and I'm like oh I love that the whole yelling shit it was dope that's dope yeah now what about Amy Winehouse because you said you love her. <sighs> I love Amy um her lyrics okay her, like it touches me even though I, I'm not going through shit like that but I'm just like <sighs> I could feel it and um her voice she has this very like strong voice. Mm, okay. Yeah, like, but her lyrics are like dope. Okay. I like everything she writes. So you mentioned Alicia Keys and you mentioned Amy Winehouse. So if I were to ask you, um, I want you to make me a mixtape. Um, give me some of your favorite artists today. Okay. What would you put on there? Today? Mm -hmm. Of today? Mm, who's out today? Anybody out there today? That you really I really enjoy. like Kelly Uchis. I don't know if you ever heard listen to no. Kelly Uchis. No, she's freaking dope. Her music is very versatile. Okay. It can go from very like mellow to very funky to very like it sounds old. It's just I love Kelly Uchis. You need to listen to her. Okay, yeah. So I would I, her and like Kelly Uchis. <laughs> I really like but her. Give me like maybe um, impossible two more artists. Kelly Uchis. Let me see who else is that right now that I really enjoy. Um, there's another girl called Andra Day. I just recently found found out about her, and she's really I like her her style in music. And who else? Hmm, it's kind of hard. There's not too many people that I could sit there and be like, I listen to that. I listen to everything, but that I could sit there and listen to all all the time, all the time, all the time. See, yeah. the, here's the reason why I asked that question. It's because I ask a lot of rappers today, like, uh, who are some of your favorite artists that you bump today? And they get stuck. Yeah, okay? I'm like, uh, I listen to everybody from before. <laughs> yes. See, now, why do you think that is? I, I want you to answer that. Because everything kind of sounds the same now. Yes. You know, it's kind of like pretty basic. That's why yeah. maybe I'm just kind of like, oh, I'll just stick to over here. But... um yeah, I think that's why everything is kind of like the same. Like especially like with rap, like rap beats and all that. Yeah. Like everything kind of sounds. Yeah. yeah. You know what I hear a lot from a lot of rappers? Uh, um, that shit is hot right now. We need to jump on that sound instead of possibly creating your own sound. Yeah, like let's switch it up and how about we mix this with this and see how that clicks or yeah, I like that. You know, in the nineties, uh, and I'm uh, speaking on rap, um, the nineties, you had the West coast sound, uh, you had the South had their sound and then you had East coast that had their sound. You can tell who was who, who's from the East coast, he from down South, that's a West coast beat. Today, it, it's all pretty much the same now. Yeah. And, and um, even though we come so far in technology where things are easier for us to make music. Yeah. I think music is almost watered down. It's almost like we have more, but less is given to us. Yeah. You know, um, we have people that will never go out of style like a Marvin Gaye or Rita Franklin, Tina Marie, mm -hmm. classic songs. Today's artists, I don't know if they'll be around five years from now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. You know, like uh, I was talking mm -mm. to my son because he likes a, a couple of artists uh, from today. And here's how I ask him. Ten years from now, do you think they'll still be playing them? And he he, he doesn't want to admit it. But he'll be like, 
Probably not. Mm. You know, but it but it's true. I, yeah. I tell him, Mijo, look it. I love hip hop. You know I love rap. I don't hit on anybody, but don't you gotta don't you can't you be real with yourself and see that everything sounds the same? Nobody stands out. Yeah. You know, so that's all I'm saying. I bring that up because the type of music that you do is different from what everybody else is doing right now as far as the artists Thank you. you know that um, that uh, are out today. I like different. And I always tell uh, people, don't try to be better than anyone. Just be different. I'm doing myself. Doing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Doing yourself. So check this out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a 10-minute break. We've come to the cl uh, close of this. Already? Uh, yes, already. <laughs> yes, time flies when we're having fun. Um, I know you uh, have your own group, if I'm correct. But I also want you to talk about meeting Rich G, Tony G, yeah, and that band. Yes. Okay? So we'll come back. I'm going to grab me a beer, maybe a michelada. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but um, we're going to have a good time. So make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know Slaps. that Delia Cadena is in the motherfucking building, and we'll be back in 10 minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to Rolling Radio, episode 93. We're back at the jack-off hour, and we're going to go ahead and jump right back right back into it. I didn't even start drinking. I'm already stuttering. Can you believe that? <laughs> but you know what? I'm, one time I said, we're back at Rolling Radio. Instead of saying Rolling Radio, I said, rah, rah, rah. And I was like, oh, shit. But now, let me just give a special shout-out to my boy, Julian Gonzalez. He happens to be an Oakland Raider fan, and I'll show him love, okay? <laughs> but he is slanging these Pendleton face masks. Yes. Pendleton face mask. They open up. They're cool. So you can look more like a cholo if you want. <laughs> or you can actually lean like a cholo. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hit him up. Julian Gonzalez on IG. Julian Gonzalez. He's a Raider fan. Cute little chubby kid. You'll like him. So um, let's go ahead. <laughs> I like to clown around. So. And, and by it's the way, the good. Cowboys lost. What's I have to announce it again. I'm like, it's cool. It's cool. Um, other than that, I had Rich G here. Yeah. And I had Tony G here. And I know those are your friends. Yes. So share with us, how did all that come about? Give us a long story. Okay. Well, I was singing at a house party. <laughs> no, I, I, I really was. Um, actually, it was not a house party. It was a um, Baby Boomers uh, Mother's Day tribute thing. You know, like a get-together. They had the tickets and everything. They hired me to sing mariachi because that's what I uh, I do, private parties. And, oh, yeah, we want you to sing mariachi. So yeah. I was dressed up with the whole little flower shirt and the, all that. And I was singing at this, um, at that sh at that little event. And I had a, another friend um, that has another friend. Um, her name's uh, Connie. And she's in like a radio podcast show type of thing with this other lady which is now my manager her name is Monty B and they have she has a show every Wednesday okay and she told her about me she was like after I was done singing and all that because she was at the catering she was helping cater at the event she came up to me she's like hey I actually want to invite you to come over here to la 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 and I'm like okay sounds good awesome so I did that I went that day that they told me I met Monty B all that and um she from there she was just like wow man they had me singing live right there and they're okay just, right. they just had me singing and they're like keep going i'm like okay okay and i did that and after that um she started uh, opening up doors for me and certain things oh me i have a gig for you are you down yeah and next thing you know at that time um the cruisers uh the the band i'm in, I'm in a band with tony g and rich g and we're called the midnight cruisers yes 
And they were looking for like a backup girl because they already had another girl, which is like she seems awesome too, um, Jade. And um, she was doing her own thing as well. So they were like, you know, she's probably going to be missing sometime. So we need a, a backup. Yeah. And that's when I came in. Um, they, uh, Rich G called me, actually called me. No, Maribi told me like, hey, they're interested in, uh, in you. Uh, this day, they want you to go this day. Oh, he's, he's going to call you. And I'm like, okay. So Rich G calls me. Um, and he was like, Hey, uh, we want you to try out la la la. We practice this day, this day, just show up and, you know, sing us like three songs. And I was like, cool. So it was actually on his birthday, on uh, my man's birthday. So I was like, Hey, I have to celebrate your birthday at band practice. <laughs> so band at band practice. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we freaking, we went and I did my thing and they were just like, Oh, you know, we, we like you. Um, we do these practices, la, 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 this and that. And, you know, we got the whole thing together. And I started jamming out with them. And then, like, my first time singing with them was at Original Mics. Okay. They had a, it was called Firme Sundays. Firme Sundays, yeah. And um, I wasn't supposed to sing that day because I was, like, literally, I had only practiced with them, like, once. Oh, wow. So, but the other girl couldn't. Like, last minute, she was like, I can. So they were like, oh, you're in. And I was just like, shit. Fuck. I was like, okay. And I had never been with a band or anything like that. So I was just kind of like, okay, okay, I hope like I hope I do good with them and la la la. But yeah, it, it went good. It was it was really fun. And from there, that's that's how I got to meet Rich. And and I'm not I don't know too much, you know, I'm still learning a lot. My man did, he was already like, That's ah, that's Rich G. And I was like, Ooh, until I started looking, I was like, Oh, you know, you like listen to shit and you're like, Oh, okay, I, I've listened to this before. Right. Or things like that. Same with Tony. I was like, Oh, okay. So slow slowly I got to like learn more about them. I didn't know he knew, but you know, slowly he kinda like put me in like and I, now I know. <laughs> right, right. So it's dope. They they're awesome people. They give me a lot of feedback. You me how this and that, and oh me how this and that. Saint Rich, and shout out Rich, and shout out Tony. Um, they're awesome. They, every time, I, like I was just telling, I was I was with Tony on Wednesday. Like I was telling him, I'm like every time I'm with you, I learn something new. I swear, it's like I learn something new every time I'm with you. He's like, well, that's I'm glad to hear that, and I'm like, yes, and I love it because they give me such good feedback and. Uh, tips and you know like trying to like help me and right. I love that I, I, I love that they're always like oh no me help was this and that and when we were practicing too uh, you sounded off so let's do this like rich you know because he fucking badass voice no we you you fucked up right there so I'm right there like <laughs> okay and I love it like I don't take it bad as in like oh fuck, right. I fucked up if anything I'm just like hell yeah tell me I'm fucking up like I want right. to know when I'm fucking up so you could help me out with that and right. yeah now we're at the we're actually gonna be uh at Steven Steakhouse October 17th okay so make sure we're gonna be with the Midnighters um Pepe Marquez uh Brittany Nicole and us the Midnight Cruisers Okay, and what was so, that again? That's um, at Stevens Steakhouse in oh. the City of Commerce. Okay, Commerce. There was another... Uh, October 17th. Somebody was telling me about a place out in Riverside. That Obviously, that ain't the place. Because no. they call it something other, Steakhouse something. But um, now, back to OG oh, Mike's. When you guys performed there... Uh, I actually met MC Pancho that day there, too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Big shout out to MC Pancho. Uh, I was just with him yesterday celebrating his 50th birthday. Oh, nice. So... But what was the response that you got back after performing that night? Good. People were, were like coming up to me. Or like as I was singing, people passed by like, I was like, fuck it. 
Yeah. And I was like, thank you. And yeah. after I was done too, people were like, oh, you seem really nice. I started um, getting like follows and, uh, oh, where, where can I follow you or things like that. That day I actually met Mariah. Okay. She was there with uh, her manager, with uh, Ruben. And um, I met her that day and... You know, I, I met a few people that day. That day, Lisa Lisa was singing. Um, she performed, like, in the outside. And I was right there, like, oh, my God, Lisa Lisa. And, she yeah, she is. And I, I met MC Pancho and his wife. And Tony was just like, come on, let me show you over here. And come on, let me show you over here. And come meet this person. And come meet that person. And I was like, awesome. So it was it was, it was was fun. And now that um, people rem remember that like oh i seen her singing like when you posted the i was gonna i seen comments i was like i seen her original mics yeah. and i'm like yes that was me <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah you know um I, I don't know if i embarrass tony uh um because when i interviewed tony here i've been following tony and i've been a fan of his even though he's in the music industry and i've been in the music industry but for me to have interviewed him um you were like oh my god yeah, I, 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 it was one of those moments. I watched it. You know? I watched it, yeah, and I was, was just like, I, it was one of those moments because to me, and I, and I'll use the words of Mr. Cartoon when I interviewed him for my documentary. Mr. Cartoon said Tony G was like a DJ god to us, and it's true. Yeah. And even though I was a DJ, it didn't matter. He was like the guy. The you know? guy, yeah. You know, and um, then I interviewed Rich G. Uh, um, it was funny because Rich G came in here first time I met him. And um, everybody awesome. was already requesting him, okay? Not knowing that I already had him booked, but I had oh, him booked nice. like a month beforehand. Yeah. So people were like, when are you going to get him? When are you going to get him? I feel like saying, shut up, Hold bitch. On. He's already booked. Hold on. You know? <laughs> so, and, and by the way, there's a lot of people. When are you going to get this guy? They're already booked. Shut the fuck up. Wait, you know? Yeah. So now, Rich G comes in, uh, sits down, and I go, Rich G, the place to be. How you doing? And he sticks out his hand. I go, I don't want to shake your hand. Give me a hug. Hug me, you yeah. Know? So I did that because, you know what? I know Rich G's uh, history. I know his body of work. So He's dope. These are people that I admire, I look up to. Yeah. And he also had a, a, an amazing, amazing interview. Um Awesome yeah, stories. I'm like, I watched it. <laughs> I was like, uh, my boy's going to be on. I want to watch. <laughs> now, I wonder how you're going to feel watching your interview. I'm probably going to be like, hey, I look retarded. <laughs> or I say something. I don't know. You know, it's funny. I don't like watching my interviews. I re Once in a while, when I start talking, I'll just forward it. I don't like yeah. to hear my voice. It's but I do I do do that. Even when like I go singing or something and people record me, I'm right there like constantly like just rewatching my shit over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you keep watching? I don't know. Let me watch myself, damn it. <laughs> shit. Now, now, how long now have you guys been uh, working together? Um, A year. It was actually okay. a year in July that I got with them. Okay. Yeah, so right now, well, the COVID fucked everything up. Fucking COVID. But, um, yeah, we've, uh, we hadn't practiced in a while either because, you know, like rehearsals and things right. like that for the same reason. But this past week we were like, you know what, let's just freaking do it. We need to get back to it. And it was so fun. I, I miss the guys, right. everybody, right. everybody in the band, the bass player, the, everybody, um, they're, they're all cool people. They're all giving great feedback and I'll fuck it around. Like I always said, what's my first language? Talk of shit. We stay talking shit. Tony just stays talking shit. And it's just, it's fun. It's fun with them. I'm like, I'm like with my tios. I'm hanging around with my tios. <laughs> and it, it, I have a good time with them. Now, for They're people awesome. that, that maybe maybe just tuned in right now and they hear you talking about you performing with this band, uh, can you share with them what type of music this is? We play like funk. Okay. Um, and oldies. 
and we do the cumbias. Okay. So um, it, it all depends, but yeah, we throw in a lot of that. So we do like Junior Walker, Shotgun, and like all that, all that stuff. Um, the oldies. So I do like a lot of uh, Mary Wells and the Etta James stuff. And then the cumbias, well, you know, the basic cumbias that everybody knows, like Selena, Bidi Bidi Bam Bam. Okay. Um, what other cumbia do we do that? Like Escándalo. Escándalo. You know, I get the people going. So we try to have like the happy shit so people can like dance and yeah. and boogie down, boogie to it. And so like car shows, you know, shit that people play at the car shows, we play that shit. But, um, and of course we get the slow jam. So it's, it's fun. I have awesome. fun. Uh, I do, um, Goofy question. You like singing better in English than in Spanish or vice versa or both? I like both. Okay. I like both. Yeah. I'm like, I like both. I love singing the rancheras, you know, right there, like, desgraciado, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I love like the English shit. It's just, I don't have a, so I, let's mix it. Let's right. mix some Spanglish. <laughs> awesome. Now, now, before this, this whole COVID cut blocked everything, uh, um, did you guys have a lot of uh, shows lined up? Yes, we had, um, well, with the cruisers, because besides the cruisers, I'm with a label, round mm. two. So I had my um, my stuff with my label and then the stuff with the cruisers. And yes, it was a lot that was just like, mm. um, they go every year to Laughlin mm -hmm. and um, to, at the Tropicana Hotel. Okay. We had a gay, we had a two-day thing there that got freaking canceled. We had a, a few um, car shows. We had a car show at the um, San, in San Bernardino. It was like a kind of going to be like a super show. We had that and it was like a few, a, a few things that we had, but everything just went down. Same with the uh, round two I had my own. Cause with round two is just me, okay. my, my own thing. And I had a lot of that too. And just, <laughs> so now it's just like private parties. Let's, who, who want me to sing at your house? Eh? Right, right. I've been doing a little bit of that. Yeah. Okay. Now round two, talk to us a little bit around two. You talked to us about your, the band, um, with the songs you got, the type of music you guys do now, you got round two. Um, sh share with us what type of music is that that you do? Round two, I'm doing like my own thing. Okay. So I have two singles out with round two. They're, they've been out for like maybe like a year and a half or, you know, okay. really starting up. So I'm one of like, I'm like their second artist. We have another artist, Brittany. Shout out, Brittany. And um, I'm the second artist. So what I do is kind of like, they let me kind of like bring what I what I got so I, I really like the like the oldies and stuff uh, but I want to keep it like now and day type of shit I have a song called Forbidden Fruit yes. and you listen to it, I have the whole polka dot dress with the you know um the 50s diner type of thing mm -hmm. and um and then that's how I first heard of you yeah Forbidden Fruit somebody sent it to me and goes you need to check this girl awesome. out oh I'm, uh, I'm, now that I remember hold on Bobby B Oh, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, Bobby yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy that awesome. told me. He What's said, up, Bobby? Yeah, he was like, dude, you got to, you got to. Because uh, a lot of people don't know I had Sugar Free booked. Yeah. Okay. But he canceled due to this COVID. Okay. But he was already booked. People always like Sugar Free, Mac 10 or Dub C or whatever. But due to this COVID, a lot of people canceled. Or they said, uh, wait till this passes and wait then we'll come pass, in. Yeah. You know? yeah. But Bobby B put me onto you. He said, he goes, check this girl out. And he sent me that video, that Forbidden Fruit. Yeah, that's that's my first single. I, I actually wrote that. Okay, now, before before we talked about your next single, what inspired that sound? What made you do that type of music? I know you like it, but you could have went a whole different other direction. I like the whole old 
like the 50s and all that. I really love that era. But, um, and that's what I kind of wanted to bring, you know? Okay. I want to kind of bring that, but at the same time, kind of keep it like something that people are going to want to listen to now. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like mix, you know, that's what I'm trying to go for, like mix the old with the new. And, you know, I don't know. And people liked it, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, people liked it. And I'm like, yay. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. Like, I want to keep that whole old back in the day type of vibe right. but in our now and day type of you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like maybe the older crowd will kind of like it but at the same time i'm still gonna have this new crowd okay. uh like like it as well and you know keep that whole it, it was cute back then all the yeah. freaking the style the clothes huh. well, for me personally it was beautiful so you know keep, kind of keep that type of um flow going okay. yeah now you, you were telling me you got you, the response that you got was positive did you get anybody saying uh maybe you shouldn't do that uh, uh maybe you shouldn't go that route uh did you get any of that um that i can't remember no everybody was gonna i was like positive. it and is that you whistling in the song and i'm like yes a bitch can whistle <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah you know they're like that's gonna be your signature the whistle and i'm like hey shit yeah whistle with me yeah so it was it was um it was cool like the response i got i was just like hey oh wow they like it people yeah. are liking this and um yeah i was very i was very happy about it so that's especially because i wrote it too and they're like you wrote that oh, and sure. i i don't i've never wrote music but um that i would sit there and mess around and come up with something yeah but i i it was just random. I'm like, it was just random. I started off with like a whole slow jam because I'm more of I'm more of like the slow jam type of thing. Right. But then just one day, freaking being in my car, that's when I think a lot of like when I'm driving by myself. That's when I'm like my time to because I I got kids. Fuck it, don't let me concentrate. I'm just kidding. But um, uh, yeah, I started coming out I, with the hook first, with the little chorus part, and then slowly I was like, this is cute, and I just. I, what I do is just like record myself. So I'm right there driving and I just start whistling to something or, you know, and then I came up with that. And then after I came up with like the lyrics in between and yeah, it was fun. I was like, oh, I awesome. did this. Oh my God. <laughs> That's dope. Who, now, who produced that track? Um, Jay, his name is Jay Shanklin. He recently passed um, in February. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Jay. He, um, they called him Jay Stank. He was in a, band called Tease back in like uh -huh. the I think in the 90s and um when I got signed to this label that's who we they were like we have this person and we're gonna work with this and um also Melanie Andrews she's a platinum so um songwriter uh -huh. she did one of Janet she did Janet Jackson's um I think it was like her first album and um she worked with Jay, so that's okay. who like I'm working with right now, and um, yeah, I came up with this, and I was like, here, this is what I have, and he brought out like his little thing, and he was like, okay, and he created like that whole, and I was like, and I kind of want you to add this type of noise, or because I like the live music, I yes, like the yes. the instruments, I want to have the fucking tambourine and the fucking piano, or you know, the little maracas or something. So yeah, he incorporated all that and he brought it to me and I was just like, yeah, this is perfect. Awesome. So, so it, that it one, perfect. if I'm correct, is on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's okay. also on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all that. Forbidden Fruit. Forbidden Fruit. Okay. And the music video is on on YouTube. Okay. Now, yes. now, why the name Forbidden Fruit? 
Because um, that's what the hook says. <laughs> like, because that's what the hook says. No, I, I, I get um, because, you know, when you take forbidden fruit, you think about Adam and Eve, the fruit. Yeah, you know. and that's the kind of, uh, well, like, if you listen to the song, it's kind of like telling you like, oh, it's kind of like a story of like, that guy is forbidden. My mama told me not to grab from that tree, and I'm right there, like, you know what I mean? So right. it's for the, the forbidden fruit. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So now your second song, you said you released a second single. Yeah, I have a second single. That song, actually, Tierra, uh, Rudy Salas from Tierra wrote mm -hmm. that song for me. Okay. Um, he listened to me, and he reached out to my manager and was like, I want to work with you guys. Awesome. I want to work with her. I was like, with me what <laughs> me and yeah he came he was like you know what i listen to you and i get this whole like um diana washington type of vibe or you know like the whole amy winehouse how you like all this like slow um heartfelt type of song and um yeah he wrote that and once i heard it i was just like oh, i love it especially because it, it was all live instruments like when we were recording right. it it was like and I love that. So I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And it's dope. I'm like, and it's dope. I love it. And yeah. Okay, so for people that may not know, where could they hear that one? Um, it's also out on Spotify, okay. iTunes, Google Play, all digital platforms. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be filming the video for it tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yes. Wow. Tomorrow. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm going to be filming the video for that tomorrow. So the video should be out soon. And oh, I hope awesome. you guys like it. You already have a whole concept? I already have a whole... Shabam. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You know, one thing that I love about uh, great music, great visuals. Like the first one, the Forbidden Fruit, great visuals. Awesome. You know, you know, it's weird because the way I listen to music, it's it's different. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of lyrics. I listen to the melody of the way you sing, and I listen to the music. If the music doesn't get me within the first 30 seconds, believe it or not, I skip. Okay? Yeah. And then when I start hearing you sing... I hear melodies. I don't hear lyrics. Yeah. If I like it, okay, cool. I'll start it over again. Then I'll listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Same thing with rap. I've always have done that. Uh, like, for an example, I know people that are the opposite. They'll listen to lyrics. They can give a damn about the beat. Yeah. I, I, I can't do that. It, it's got to move me. I like, you know? yeah, I like lyrics and the beat. I like lyrics and the beat. And some songs just have the lyrics. And then some songs just have the beat. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, so now you got two things going. Uh, the band and round two. Okay? Yeah. Um, what can the public expect from you going forth other than this video shoot tomorrow? <clears throat> I, I, is there an album in the world? Is there an EP? Yes. Well, the, the singles that I have out, those are obviously going to be in my album. We're working on an album. Okay. So that should be out. I don't know. And this is I your like, album, right? Yeah, it's my album. Okay. Um, El Via Cadena. Eh. And obviously with round two, <laughs> with round two, I have, um, we'll just, I mean, not with round two, with the cruisers, it's whatever we shows we have going on. We, we don't have like originals or anything like that. We're just kind of like a cover band type of thing. We have talked about doing uh, our own song, so hopefully we'll um, have songs with them. But with round two, yeah, I'm definitely working on an album um, and more more, more music for you guys. Awesome, awesome. And uh, other than this video, can the public expect anything from you this year? Uh, do you have a set date possibly for this album? Or is it just whenever you guys get to it? And yeah, whenever it? we get to it and finish it. I don't have a set date for it. Um, but we're working on it. I'm like, but we're working on it. And um, yeah, that's pretty much uh Bro, I mean, we had a lot of things going on, but yeah. COVID kind of messed it up. But we're still working on our on our own shit that 
well, like my stuff that I'm trying to bring mm -hmm. out. Um, I did. A, I have features too. I have some features that I've done, um, and yeah, like okay. I try to kind of like now it, keep uh, it going somehow. Here, here's here's one thing. Uh, if people wanted to contact you and um, um, get a feature from you, are you open for that, or are you just kind of reserved more to do your own? Your own I'm part? open for it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm doing my own thing, but like I told my label, and like they know too. Like if if this is something good that I want to do, we should do it. And yeah, they're up for like features and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And how, how did your family feel about it? They love that you're... My mom's all happy. My parents too. They're like, ah, mi niña. Um, especially because <laughs> my mom's always... I've, I grew up listening to my mom sing. My mom was oh. freaking... I mean, she was never like a professional singer or anything like that. But at every freaking quinceañera we were, I estaba la Yolanda with the mariachi singing. Or everybody already knew like, Eli Yoli, come sing. And things like that. So... Now that she actually sees me doing my thing, she's like, I, I, I wish I could have done something like this when I was younger. She's like, te miro a ti, me veo yo. And I'm like, ah, mom. And that makes me happy that like, right. she's that, that it makes her feel that way. And my dad too, he's always like, cántame this, cántame that. And I'm like, okay. Awesome. So I love awesome. it. Uh, say you had a, a bucket list to work with maybe some of your artist, favorite artists that are still around today. Is there anybody that you would like to work with if possible? Yes, se murió. Yes, se murió. Amy Winehouse, man, she was so dope. I, I would have loved to work with her, but rest in peace, darling. Right now, and somebody that would I, I would like to work with? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm like, who? Where, where can I start? I'm just kidding. Um, somebody that I would really, 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 really want to work with? Like in any type of genre? Any type of genre. Let's just say you were putting together an album and you told your manager, you know what? I would really like to work with this person and this person and this person, you know, and then she, I can make that work. You know what I'm saying? Who who, who would it be? It, you know. I would want to do like a, um, like a hook type of thing, you know, so I'll have like a rapper and oh, then okay. me do the hook. I would like, um, I've always been a little Rob fan. <laughs> so really? I'm like, I would love to do something with Lil Rob. Yeah, like. I'm pretty sure my sister would, if I, I'm always like, well, watch one day, I'm going to freaking do something with Lil Rob. Because my, my oldest sister, she she um, grew up listening. She was like super in love with Lil Rob. So I, I grew up, I, I like Lil Rob. That, it, would okay. be, it would be dope to do something with him. Right. And who else? Fuck. I'm like, well, just so you know, okay. I'm like, right um, now. I'm really good friends with his manager. Okay. Oh, nice. And uh, we're going to make the interview happen. It already would have happened. And I'm not only am I sharing this for you, but also for, to the fans because he's a highly requested artist. Oh, nice. Uh, he was already set to come on here, but this COVID thing, believe it or not, and a lot of people just to don't want to come out. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, how come you haven't gotten that guy, this guy, this guy? You have to understand the situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but eventually he will be here, hopefully soon. Because that's what me and his manager been talking to, but talking about. But next time I talk to his manager, Big D, uh, I'll talk to him about it. Yeah. Oh my god, that was, that'd be <laughs> cool, man. Love Rob. I grew up listening to him. Damn. So like on in that genre, let, let me sing with you. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. Uh, um, now, other than that, um, um, once again, this whole pandemic thing, uh, people can't see you right now. But you're going to be doing a show. Uh, soon you said? Yeah, October 17th with the Midnight Cruisers yeah. at um, the City of Commerce. Okay. Stephen Steakhouse. Okay. 
So, and then so you, you got go. <laughs> and your video is already out of Forbidden, Forbidden Fruit. Forbidden Fruit. Tomorrow you're filming uh, your next video, and that will be out on all platforms yes, as well? Yes, as well. Okay, as well. And then you'll be working on an album. I'm just trying to promote you. I want people to know uh, awesome. more about you. And so that way they can look you up. They, you guys can follow her on uh, Instagram. Instagram. Your Instagram is popping up, so don't they'll, they'll follow you. And I have usually, a YouTube. Okay. We usually tag everyone on our YouTube when you watch the video. Look on, on the description and your, your links will be there as well. Awesome. So other than that, um, uh, anything I didn't ask you? Anything you want to promote? Um... I think I already said everything. I'm like, I think I already let it all out. <laughs> all good. All good. I'm a firm believer in once again in promoting yourself until it pays off. Yes, yes. So right now that you have the opportunity, if you want to give a couple of shout outs. Yes. If you I have any more give... family members, because, you know, they'll get mad if you don't say their name. I know. And I already had to eat Um To my mom and my dad. Um, to my sisters, my brother. Um, to uh, Chavira family, to the Cadena family, um, my boss, Charlie, um, to the cruisers, the sub cruisers, to, um, to everybody following me and everybody who follows you as well, shout out and thanks for tuning in and everybody who's been following me and listening to my shit. Y'all, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, uh, first of all, let me say this. Elba Cadena, muchas gracias. Thank you very, very Thank much. You. Thank you for my Michelada. Blasto. <laughs> much love, much respect. Blasto, that's what we're sipping on. Um, but I want to thank you for giving me the, the pleasure to sit down with you and interview you. Okay. I want to thank you for having me. Like, man, I was like, what, me? What? Oh, my. <laughs> me? Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Welcome. I really, really, truly appreciate it. I'm going to tell you the same thing. Uh, when you blow up, you got to come back. Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Don't ever get too big for me. That's Tony, Rodian Radio. Mandalo la Okay. Uh, other than that, uh, let me go ahead and give a couple of shout outs, everybody. Uh, let me give a shout out once again to Sarah Shine uh, uh, or Sarah S. Same person. Um, Elba Cadena, once again, uh, for coming through. Uh, much love, much respect to everybody who supports us, who watches, who comments, who likes, who shares. Uh, once again, uh, we just had our anniversary of Friday, one year, and you guys made it possible. Uh, 25K in one year. Uh, honestly, uh, I thank you guys for that. So, once again, thank you guys. And this is your platform. I try to give everybody an opportunity. The only thing I ask is to please have patience because you're not the only one submitting your music, okay? When you receive 50 emails pretty much a day, we get backed up, okay? Uh, other than that, um, I want to give a shout out to my boy John motherfucking Elkins because he makes everything happen. Um, once again, Freaky Tales, subscribe to Freaky Tales Podcast on YouTube and uh, Freaky Tales Podcast on IG. Follow us there for future content. Also, let me give a shout out to my boy Daniel DG Media Clips. I'll give, also give a shout out to uh, my son B Scanless for helping me promote this. Once again, MC Pancho, happy birthday. Uh, my boy Cujo is in the building. Uh, let me give a shout out to Cujo. He's got an album coming out. And once again, Blasto. Other than that, Julian for the face mask. Hit up Julian for the Pendleton face mask on, on IG. Julian Gonzalez. Other than that, Johnny, did I... Did I um, good. We're good. All right, we're out of here. Wednesday, don't forget, I got another double feature, okay? Uh, you're going to enjoy that one. So tomorrow you'll see it on my... Uh, 
on my feet. So other than that, thank you for laughing at my memes. <laughs> I love your memes. <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> okay, everybody. Salute.